Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey, it's Molly McAleer, and you are listening to Season 4 of Mother May I Sleep With Podcast. No sanctuary for your broken heart. Hey guys, um, so I have a guest today that I'm very excited is here. She is a friend of mine that, you know, we met over the internet, much like I meet most of my guests, but she and I have a lot of special bonds, Britney Spears and now Lifetime Movies. Jenna, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Um, so just so people know, I'm not saying your last name, but I will say your username, which is holler at me, which I sometimes refer to you in conversation as. Okay. A lot of people do. Um, I'm Yeah. People always get weird about me with malls. They're like, is it Molly or malls? And it's like, whatever, you know? I mean, it's I a name. I call you malls. I, yeah. Thanks, girl. So today we're doing a movie that you recommended, which is a great season four starter movie. It's called She Made Them Do It, starring Jenna Dewan Tatum. Thank you for, or just Jenna Dewan. I think she's no longer a Tatum. I mean, she's getting a divorce, yeah. Um, But she was a Tatum when she made this movie. Yes. They were married for so long. Yes, and I think of her as the step-up girl and as the girl who fucked Justin Timberlake after he broke up with Britney Spears. She did? Yeah, she was was a dancer on his tour. Oh, okay. And she was in the, um, Ain't Nobody Love You Like I Love You. Uh, song. She was in that video. Oh my god! Because I, I thought you were doing title. "Hold Up" like by oh. Beyonce, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I don't think she was in that. Um, okay, I totally forgot about that. But now that you say that, that sounds familiar. I had a real emotional journey with her. I actually now think she's a great actress, and I think she's super pretty, mm-hmm. which I never really like thought she was a super super. I thought she was more like like sporty spice. Not yeah. visually sporty spice, but I thought of her as more like a tom tomboy sort of like athletic girl. She's an ingenue in this. Yeah. So this is based on a true story. All this, my favorite Lifetime movies are. They really are the best. And I have to spread them out throughout the season because truthfully, this would be a, like a hybrid of a true crime podcast if I didn't do it. Um, it's... They're so good. And this is another, this stands out because they actually used all the real names, which you pointed out earlier. Um, but this is my absolute like nightmare of a person. <laughs> this like exact type of human being, because I would fall victim to a person like this over and over again. Everyone would. So, I mean, that's the truth. And like, that is why ultimately she needs to be put away. Reading the Wikipedia, it really makes it seem like she didn't do it though. And that, and that she, her boyfriend did it. I mean, so it's I, interesting because the movie really makes it seem like she did it. So but, Sarah but I want to get Pender, into it. Yeah, that's her name, Sarah, Sarah Joe jo Pender, she, and Indiana. Unfortunately. I think that she. I think that maybe she did. She didn't do it like the physical shooting herself, but I do think that she, like wanted him to do it and it was like an instruction that he had to follow out which is why they called her like the female charles manson yeah. throughout her whole trial which obviously is a pretty like i mean it doesn't get worse than that yeah to be called something during a trial so her name's sarah joe pender 
Um, she only murdered, she only murdered two people, um, but it was a pretty brutal murder. It was her two roommates. Um, this guy, Andrew Cataldi and Trisha Nordman, they were both around 25. Um, she was sentenced to 110 years in prison, August 22nd, 2002. We will find out that she winds up escaping from that correctional facility on August 4th, 2008. And then she was recaptured. On December 2nd, 2008. Um, this movie makes it seem like she was out for a solid year. Yeah. Doesn't it? Yes. Or just she's that good. I couldn't decide which one it was because what she's able to pull off during the time that she's out of prison is fucking fun. Like, best case scenario. She's very focused and strategic. She is. And that's, like, her main thing is that she always has to have a goal and, like, amongst the people that love her and have known her her whole life. And we'll see this in the movie it's like never enough for her. Yeah. She has big dreams. And they say at one point that like she was not really motivated by money. It was more like, you know, it wasn't about jewels and bags for her. It was about having a family eventually. Yeah. Um, which I, that I don't believe because I think that she wanted a very like high earning, very comfortable family, maybe with like, you know, a lot of kids. But I don't, I don't think she would have just like run away and like had a, like a romantic situation with someone, you know? She seems the type to date strategically as well. Like Totally. But also dating some loser drug dealer isn't very strategic either. So, right. you know, she obviously has some like parental issues making her picker go wrong to pick that person who's sure. like a speed dealer or whatever. But that said, like, do you think that maybe that was just the closest to someone that was, I mean, I know he's like small time. He's just dealing drugs or whatever, but that's like the closest to someone who, you know, is moralist and sort of reckless. On the Wikipedia, it said that they were also planning to start like a meth lab. Really? Yeah. Okay. Like okay. go big time. So um, just before we get into it, I will say, because you, you're right. I think that you say that the Wikipedia doesn't really make it seem like she did it. Um, but no, it kind of made it seem like the boyfriend couldn't buy a gun because of his criminal record. So they went to Walmart together and he picked it out and like got the ammunition and brought it to the front and then she just paid for it. So it, it made it seem like it was his idea to buy the gun without a crime in mind. But right. then it says later that they got into a fight and that's that the roommate knew that they'd bought the gun. And so she like took it and then the boyfriend like shot them and she went for a walk. I feel like getting <laughs> no. a gun should be a, like, when you win the lottery, like, you just kind of don't tell people. Yeah. Like, people don't need to know you have a firearm. I agree. Um, so this is the evidence um, against Pender that sort of, like, overrode a lot of the other stuff. But the other thing we want to talk about is that Mackenzie Phillips plays basically sort of Sarah's savior throughout this movie in a lot of ways Um, to the point where I started wondering if it was like the Jenna Elfman obsessed movie where maybe she was like creating this mother figure (laughs) yeah Um, but no she plays like this motherly type figure to her that since like you know the very beginning of her getting in trouble she had this person Um, and I at first thought maybe it was Shelley Duvall. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yes. We've seen Shelley Duvall in recent years, and she looks quite different than what we know her to be. And Mackenzie Phillips has also changed a lot physically from when we last saw her, even just during the Oprah stuff. 
Um, so in a way I was like, yeah. Cause when she was on that Disney show, so weird, she yeah. was still like really pretty. Yeah. But also totally. I think that you're in jail. So they make the makeup people make you look worse because you're supposed to be in jail. If you were all done up. Well, Mackenzie Phillips was also always right. known for being like a rail. And this woman seemed to have oh. like a real, I mean, I think, right. I mean, I only know her from that show. So weird. And from, um, just like her scandal with her dad, her life story. Yeah. So, so I don't know her in one day at a time or anything. Oh no. So I don't, none of that really existed during my time either. But, um, yeah, so that was kind of a shock to see that Mackenzie Phillips was in this movie. I was kind of surprised by that. I was surprised too. I feel is like there... this is her first movie after a long stint. I haven't looked at her IMDb, but I don't know oh, if yeah. she's Let been really working. That. Let me check that. Because this was made in 2013, which I thought was, oh, interestingly, she was um, in the 2018 season of Orange is the New Black. Oh, she practiced um, being a jail... It was an, that was a nice uh, transition for her. So she had done like an episode of Criminal Minds. Like I think I remember that. This was after the Oprah thing. The Oprah thing happened probably I think in like 2009, somewhere around then. Somewhere sometime after she was on Seventh Heaven, <laughs> I believe. Um, but then she, you know, she's worked a lot with Disney. She did uh, Hot in Cleveland. She had a little arc on the new One Day at a Time. And then now she's on something called Milo Murphy's Law, which I don't know what that is. Um, but yeah, no, this was, um, I think that maybe Hollywood was re-engaging Mackenzie Phillips after that sort of Oprah autobiography, shocking incest tale yeah. was brought out in front of us. Now I want to read it. I know. I want to read it too, but there's, I also got, um, I got a book where it was sort of a narration about it wasn't even just that it was like kind of like sexual violence and like ma emotional manipulation because I can I think unfortunately I'm braced enough to I've been watching SVU for 12 years like you know um so 20 years I guess yeah. so um I've been I'm like kind of not that sensitive around it but just like listening to someone autobiographically talk about some it's there's just something strange about it um so it would have to be like a on the page read for me so um, this is, as we said, based on true story, we open up at Purdue University, um, beautiful school. Let's start there. Uh, 10 seconds into 3.55. No sanctuary for your this is a jam. There's some jams on this. Another one. Which one? The redhead in the hoodie. It's totally just checked you out. Yeah? Yeah. I should probably think he's on the football team or something. Yeah, probably. No, he's wanted to play college football. Well, you just needed someone to believe in you. You need to be Bear. <laughs> Sarah! Where have you been? Oh my god, that's my old roommate. Cheryl! Hi. Good to see you. Are you coming back to school? I am in the fall. In the meantime, I'm just working hard and saving my pennies. What are you doing on campus? I'm just going to show Rick some of our old haunts. Yeah. Hello, boys. Hope you're not interrupting your study. How's your inventory? Yeah, no. 
done. Come here. We made more today than you used to make in a month. And once we expand out to other frats and all the other colleges in the area, be rolling in it. people mess up because they get greedy. But you and I are going to be smart. We're going to invest in mutual funds. Oh, I like the way your mind works. I love the way your body works. Neighbors are gonna call the cops. The neighbors are customers. They're not calling anybody. What's with the coke? Business opportunity. Guy I buy from sold to me for three G's. Cut. I'm at ten. Hey, you guys are finally back. Have a line. Catch up with us, sir. You're so full of crap, Drew. Seven grand. How much have you shoved up your nose? Eat me. In your dream. Hey, somebody needs a drink and a hit and a line. Drew, what happened to the music, man? I want this crap out of my house. Okay. So help us get rid of it. Now these girls are so coked up, they're just like grinding on each other with very limited, I mean, one of them, the one who's gonna get killed soon, Um, she just has her underwear and a t-shirt on some, something shocking is going to happen soon. Um, that I would have never seen coming based on everything we've seen here, but I have a question, a couple questions for you. So going back to like the intro at Purdue, when she says to her boyfriend that she saw some girls looking at him or whatever, do you, I'm now like realizing that like everything she's saying to him is the opposite of what he's normally treated by like as from society because he does have priors like he's a former convict whatever um do you think that she was at first my my inclination was that she was somewhat jealous or something but now that I look back I'm like oh she's trying to convince this guy he's not a loser so that he feels like so he'll go do her bidding more confidently yeah it's like when you tell a pretty girl she's smart right She's doing everything she can to be like, oh, you treat me different. Right, different with you. Yeah, like she's acting like in any real world, like this man could give her the future that she wants. Okay. So 
These guys are up doing drugs all night. I will say I've never really seen someone do drugs quite like this in a movie. Um, it's very like, I mean, I would just say in situations that I've been in that someone's like, hey, like, you want in on this? Like, it's more like, hey, you want in on this? And like, also, if not, I'm just going to fucking keep all this for myself because I'm a cokehead. Like, I've never seen two people bully two other grown adults into doing coke all night. Plus, these two girls are now horny, which I don't really know to be a symptom or a side effect of cocaine. And additionally, these guys are just standing there, sitting there playing a video game, wasting massive amounts of drugs. It's all over their face. Like, it's just a, it's a mess. And then, you know, Sarah leans over to her boyfriend, Rick, or whatever, and she's like, hey... I got to go to bed soon. Do you want to come? He's like, yeah, I'll be right there. Like definitely not going to be right there. He's going to be there till 11 o'clock in the morning. And she's like, sucks being the only one with a real job. And I was like, you've been, you have a real job. Like you, you've been up doing drugs all night like this. And you like, I know that they were like 24 or something, but no one has that resilience. No one's doing. She was 21. She was young, I guess. I might have that resilience. I used to like party and then get up for class at like 8 a.m. I mean, I would wake up at five in the morning and go snowboard in Tahoe four hours away and then ride all day and then come back and cocktail waitress and then teach Sunday school the next day in like a different town when I was 21. So I actually, I do kind of relate to the energy level. Yeah. But I, I don't do cocoa, so I don't know how it affects you. But yeah, I think that She's so focused. It's like she if works you've hard ever and plays taken hard. Way too much Adderall. Have you ever like taken way too much Adderall? I'm not good at uppers. It's basically like you want to be awake for 20 hours and then sleep for 40. Sure. So that was surprising to me okay. when she. Um, so she's like not going to bed. She should just stay up and then go. Yeah, to work. guys, I abused Adderall in college heavily. <laughs> um, I did. I had a solid semester of living off my friend's concerta. It was great for jumpstarting my eating disorder, but I don't recommend it. So um, they, uh, they're they having this real CD party or whatever. Um, she goes into her room. Sarah goes into her room, and she goes for her cigar box, mm-hmm. like which is supposed to be full of money, but it's completely empty. Um, Drew says that he went to go um, buy Coke with the money. He took her money. She's like, this was my money for Purdue, um, which is It was only $2,500 also, which is not that much money for college. Especially not like, for Purdue. Right. Like, which I, it's a drop in the bucket. I actually even like kind of bumped on her like running into that former classmate and having it be so effortless. Because like if one of my friends dropped out in college, like... I'd be like, hey, and if I hadn't seen them, I'd be like, hey, it's good to see you. But there wouldn't be that like energy there still, because I think when you live at college and are in college every day, when someone disappears, you kind of have to move on with your life. So I even like kind of was like at a big college like Purdue where like their life is like that grind of like party study, especially with frat life, like ain't nobody remembering Sarah from semester one. What was her roommate? Um, her roommate was the girl that walked up to her in the parking lot and was like, hey, yeah. how you doing? You don't remember your roommate, though. Yeah, but, like, they were over – they were very friendly. I would think – I would be – especially if my roommate left mid-semester. Honey, I would be angry. Um, but anyway, so she's fucking pissed. Why would you be angry? It has nothing to do with you why they left. Because then you get stuck with a new random. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. They go to fill your spot. I never lived at college, so I don't really know what it's about. I wound up, I actually lived off campus renting, um, like a block away. That's dope. That's the best. It was, but I lived in um, a four bedroom apartment with six girls, um, which is technically actually share room. It's legally a brothel in Massachusetts. (laughs) No, I have my own room. I paid an extra like $75 to have my own room. Worth it. Um, for the year, like my rent literally was six 75, I think for the school year. Um, yeah. Anyway, fuck me. So, um, her cigar box empty. He, she goes out, she's like flipping out on him. He goes to Rick, shut your bitch up. Which I actually decided in this movie, I kind of liked that. Normally, that's not a line that wins me over, but I liked that in this scene. Um, Rick follows her into the kitchen and she's freaking out. She's like, my future's fucked. Get these people out. Yeah. So she said she's going to grab a pack of smokes, which we never really see her being a smoker in this movie, too. She doesn't show up with cigarettes either. Um, so she says, you know, when I come back, they better be gone. So she gets home to a dead-ass quiet house. She calls for Rick, but when she gets into the living room, she can see that Drew and his girlfriend are dead. Rick tells her that Drew came for the gun and he had to do it. So did Trish. She came for the gun too. Did you notice that on the TV it was flashing game over? No. <laughs> oh my God. That's really great. Good call. Because this movie especially, it doesn't have a lot of that. There's really only two goofs in this whole thing. So she, um, she's like, did you call the cops? And he's like, no, man, I've got a record. So um, he says to her, it's just like you always said, right? We need a plan. So we'll get rid of the bodies and we'll clean up this mess. Which this is where it sucks because Rick has been given a false sense of confidence and now he thinks he can just get away with like a very sloppy murder. Yeah. Um, so he's like, go get blankets from the bedroom. <laughs> so Sarah um, waits in the truck as... Which in real life, by the way, Sarah came home and Rick had already had one of the beds or one of the like the bedding wrapped bodies yeah. in the trunk of the car. So this this was a little bit... It kind of made you feel like she was a little bit more... It makes you feel... This movie makes you feel like she shot them straight yeah. up and didn't come home to see them shot. But, yeah. You know, we all, we don't know what I happened I didn't know also. if that was like the the spin though that not really... I, anyway. Because um, I will say that I told Sammy before I started this, I, as you guys know, always sympathize with the villain. It is really just a bad habit of mine, but also what Lifetime does to us. I felt no sympathy for this villain at all. And this is, that's a rare thing. I thought she was just really smart. (laughs) Oh my God. No. I was like, like, oh girl, I'm taking notes for when I have to like go to jail, unfortunately. Right. And like, (laughs) and like, that's, I think that's, I think might be my problem is because she's a little bit too savvy. Like with Jodi Arias, like she was cunning in some ways, but she also was just like really just prop issue ridden. Jody is a wild card. So um, he brings the two bodies to the dumpster. Once he gets back in the car, she throws up like the, in her lap. The basically. caption, we watched it with captions. Yeah. And it said corpse thudding. <laughs> my boyfriend was good. like, you should definitely burn the bodies, idiots. Don't dump them in a dumpster. I know. That was in his your one bedding, note. <laughs> like yeah. in your DNA covered bedding. Because like, when I was watching this, I was thinking like, dude, if you wanted to really like kill someone, you had to do it pre-OJ. Like yeah, right? you, can't, you can't murder someone after OJ. Like we're just too sophisticated now. Just to think back at like... Well, I mean, I guess I was only in fifth grade. It would have been pretty hard for me to commit a murder. Um, it could have been like the bad seed kid. There's that. But um, 
it's just weird to think that like that wasn't that long ago that DNA evidence was kind of like a questionable thing that they were entering. Yeah. I mean, you really there was even like, now DNA will get you caught though. That's how the Golden State Killer got caught. No, like, I know. That, I mean, thank God for DNA, but also you know you had to you had to get your good murdering in years like well before. I mean, I wasn't even 10. So he takes her to work in the morning. Um, she's just like, act normal, basically. And she says, nothing's ever going to be normal again. Mm. Mm. Um, he tells her he loves her. I die, he died for her. She rolls her eyes um, to this as she gets okay. out of the car. So I'm getting... Did she work at fucking Goodwill? She works at Walmart, I thought. Okay. Isn't it like... Isn't the multiple TV shots in Walmart? So I, I, I thought to myself, maybe... Because there was also a lot of like weird like lamps and like tchotchkes around and so i start i thought to myself maybe it's like a resale shop isn't like the only not to be an asshole from california but like isn't the only store in indiana a walmart probably unless it's a resale shop there's my my boyfriend on youtube um he's married (laughs) um he lives in indiana and he owns a resale shop he buys used pal he buys return pallets from amazon he has a storefront he sells on uh ebay as well Is that as what they do with the returns on Amazon? Yeah, if they they return something, if like a lot of stuff just gets liquidated and they like they have to sell these huge pallets. Sometimes they can only really take back things if they're factory sealed. That's the only thing that they can sell oh, again. Nice okay, and then some other things that get liquidated are like if they overbought, let's say like some hmm. cheap tumbler, like they could yeah they send them out in liquidation sales. Interesting. Um, I hope that she worked for my boyfriend though, but that he didn't see any sort of drama. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm going to bring him into this. Yeah, I don't want, <laughs> I want good things for him. I also thought of my other boyfriend, Scotty Maples from 60 Days In a couple times during this movie. So did, did you watch 60 Days In? No. Oh, it's really I, good. Yeah, I've heard it's good. Um, so. I'm really scared of jail though. So like part of me doesn't like to watch things oh, that's the prison. other thing I kept thinking this whole time. It's yeah. just like So in I took a class in college that was called Hip Hop 101. It okay. was actually called American Pop Culture and it was basically Hip Hop 101 and my teacher taught at San Quentin. So we got to go on a tour of San Quentin inside. No we went all inside. We went to the execution room. Like Is it, it was real, real bad. R- the vibes there are great, like really scary and yeah. talking to the prison guards is like really scary because if you're a prison guard you're like pretty fucked up like yeah, to do to that job you need like hardened. you need a you need to want a sense of power and people who are power hungry are right. like pretty inherently evil in my opinion yeah like, it's i don't know so now that i watch when i watch prison stuff i'm always like kind of sympathetic with the criminals even though they got I in mean, there in the first not place a great but situation like, yeah like no one's coming out Right. In that situation. So she's at work and there's this wall of TVs as they have in a Walmart or anything else. I love that shot. Yeah, it was great. It was really well done. I thought actually the store was like decently well populated too. Like it Mm -hmm. really did feel like, okay, this is a, maybe like a goodwill that's not for charity. Um, so she hears on the news that they found the bodies and she's paranoid right away, which she should be. Yeah. She starts to like feel like people are looking at her. Um, she gets out of work and Rick picks her up and he's like, I got a hotel. We'll deal with the bloody stuff on the way. Um, once, <laughs> once they're in the hotel, Rick lights up a Super. joint and um, things fall apart pretty quickly. Let's play 937 to 1326. I want to call my dad. No. 
Uh, no one can know about this. He'll know what to do, Rick. He'll help us. Let's just go. If we drive straight through, we can be in Seattle in less than two days. Okay, baby. If that's what you want, that's what we'll do. Did you pay for this room with your credit card? I mean, I mean cash on me. We gotta get out of here. This is the Anderson PD. We have the hotel. We gotta stay together, okay? We're all we've got. So, we recovered the shotgun from the motel room. I've told you three times already. Rick put it under the bed. And then we went to the sporting goods store where the gun was purchased, and they have a credit card receipt with your signature on it. You bought the gun. Rick told me to. You see how this looks. Rick told me that there was something about his past that wouldn't allow him to buy it. He wanted a shotgun. That's the day before the murders. He decides that he's got to have a gun. I, I don't know. It, it wasn't planned. Did Rick Hall tell you why he shot Miss Norton? Self-defense. Self-defense. Self-defense explains one shot to Drew, but how do you explain the other two? And how do you explain a 110-pound woman threatening a guy who's almost 200 pounds and armed with a shotgun? Why do I have to explain? I wasn't there. And you didn't go to the police? I was scared. Rick manipulated me. Oh, did he threaten you? Did he hurt you? No. And then when he dropped you off, I mean, you could have told someone, anyone. Yeah, but you, you, you had all that. I was scared. I didn't know what to do. I'd never seen a carcass before. I think that you wanted to get rid of Cataldi. That's why you bought the gun. No. Sarah, let me tell you how I think this went down. I think you waited until Rick got really messed up. This is insane. Right, do it my way or we're done. I can't. You said you'd always protect me. Now prove it. She can't live. You were twisting everything. Rick killed them. Because you made him do it. That is a lie. I wasn't there. I went for cigarettes. No one saw you. There's no cigarettes. There's no receipt. I changed my mind. I, it was late. I got scared. I decided to go back home. George is my friend. Well, who refers to their friend as a carcass? Sarah Pender, you have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. chick they say killed her roommates. You and your boyfriend threw him in a dumpster? Could you give it a rest, okay, Roxanne? Ignore her, honey. Oh, great. Great. Look what you did, huh? People who live in sin shouldn't throw stones, okay? Well, that don't even make any sense. Oh, no, honey, look. You're gonna be fine, okay? It's not that bad here. Why don't you just get some rest? Okay, so I had to get up while we were playing that clip, which is why you probably didn't hear much um, much talking over it. Because um, Wags threw up on my leg. Um, some nice, sure hot, chunky vomit. 
Um, but I recovered. Wags, do you want to come here? So I have to tell you, I knew the second she said carcass, she was fucked. Yeah. I was like, and that's where you fucked up, yeah. bitch. Well, and the detective says you made him do it, which is like, they said the title. Yeah. They get all excited. Yeah. That is, a, that is always, that's always thrilling. But yeah, so that's like another thing that like, you know, listen, I, again, I've never pulled off a murder. I've never been even convicted of murder or accused of it. Thankfully. Um, but I feel like one of the things you want to do before you like go buy a shotgun for anyone is maybe just like learn some of the basic, watch a few SVUs and learn like, you know, to refer to the body sympathetically and like yeah. to, you know, show a little bit more remorse, not so like concerned or about even to ask your boyfriend, why can't you buy the gun and get some specifics? Right. Some reason he can't buy one is not acceptable. <laughs> Another thing I was thinking here is that, like, if this girl really, like, was... The reason why I felt like almost this was a, a, a failed manipulation was because she didn't go for, like, the he's a madman, he forced me to get a gun yeah. sort of angle, which is fucked up for sure. She doesn't but... play the victim enough, and that's the problem, I think. Totally, She totally. seems way too in control. She's not crying. She's making, like... Really strong eye contact still. Yeah. I don't know. So that's another thing too, is that you will notice she really only cries twice in this movie. And, um, they're both are probably the worst points for trying to convince someone you're not a psychopath. So now we're all set up. Basically she's in jail now. She starts getting taken care of by this maternal cellmate who is, um, Mackenzie Phillips. I was really shocked at how she, I mean, how convenient that she happens to get put in her first cell with, like, some odd bird that feels maternal. In the Wikipedia, it said they also had an intimate relationship, too. I, I mean, Which I yeah. could see. Do you think they let you have bangs in jail? Um, I think if you get arrested with bangs that they let you Who trims them? them. Um, I mean, according to Orange is the New Black, there's a fabulous trans woman <laughs> who lives on your block, and she has a mini salon. So right. I think... That's how that happens. Seems improbable that Mackenzie Phillips would have these like perfectly trimmed right up, you know, right above the eye bangs. Well, She's been in there a while. Sort of like this is like the local. I want to say it's they're like in a medium county. security prison, is what it said. Yeah, yeah, because this this seems like county because when she gets um, when she's found guilty, she goes to um, the place where she winds up spending most of her time. Um, so her best friend now, this woman, Mackenzie Phillips, her name is Jamie, just so people know. So her dad comes to the prison. This feels important. Um, he's so nice. He is. And he's very, you know, he says like, this is a sick misunderstanding, which I kind of was thinking like, if I get arrested for a double murder and my mom showed up, like, I don't know that she would be convinced that I didn't do it. Like, she should be. My mom would be. I think that she just would be like, cautious. like, I think that she would... I, and I wouldn't do it. I never even got in trouble growing up. I just think my mom would be like, if you did this, like, you know, we're going to have to hold you accountable. Like, she was... She's a hard ass. She's a hard ass. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but he's very, very sympathetic. He said he got an attorney, the best he could buy. Um, this is a nightmare. She's going to get to go home soon. And she's like, when? And he's like, they're charging you with a double murder. There is no bail. Um, she's getting her hair braided by her inmate friend. Um, and she kind of explains how an, an arraignment process works. She doesn't need to be afraid 
Um, Jamie, the friend who's Mackenzie Phillips, she says, like, she gets bailed out, like, as this is happening. And she actually says, you know, hold on a second, I'm just finishing up here. Which, and every, like, actual prison show I've ever seen, like, 60 days in, the way that these people get up and haul ass out, pulling their mattress. You can't to, wait to go out I like, get You out. never have seen someone move like that in, in your life. But Jamie is such a sap that she says, you know what, hang it. Like, I'm going to I'm gonna hang out and finish my friend. Like, I'm going to put her worries to rest about this. Um, she'll Sarah, she'll be okay. She'll bring her books and candy when she gets out. She thanks her, and then they kiss on the lips goodbye. Um, but it's... I mean, it, there's, it's odd and romantic. It's, it's, I wrote a mouth to mouth kiss and a deep caress. It was very intimate. Yeah. Yeah. But it also was like very like closed lips and made me think like, this is like a mother and her young daughter. Do you know what I mean? At the same time, we'll see what happens later. But, um, so in continuing and kind of just setting this up, I'm going to play one more clip right now. It's 1522 to 1742. Female Charles Manson. Sarah Pender appears on the surface to be sweet, innocent, likable. But lurking within her is a demon with the ability to seduce another to commit the most atrocious act. She's like a female Charles Manson. This whole trial is just farce. Things that they're accusing her of doing, my baby is not capable of. If anyone was manipulating anyone, it's that boyfriend, Richard Hall. He's the one with the criminal record. Doesn't matter what they say about me. Sarah. Last night, during a sweep of Mr. Hall's cell, they discovered a letter. A letter from Rick? A letter to Mr. Hall from Sarah. I haven't written any letters, Rick. My dearest Richard, I love you and I miss you so much. I wish I could go back and change the events of that night. Maybe it was all the pot we smoked or the booze. But I just snapped. I'm sorry I lied about not being there. Love always, your lady bear. That is a lie! I, I didn't write that. I wasn't there when Rick shot them. I went for a walk. This this is not my handwriting. You you have to believe me, Mr. Brady. Rick is lying. I don't have to believe you, Sarah. The jury does. They have already heard that you bought the murder weapon and that you helped Mr. Hull dispose of the bodies. This letter is very damaging. <sighs> Justice was served. Sarah Pender was found guilty of two counts of homicide and sentenced to 50 years for the murder of Mr. Cataldi and 60 years for Miss Nordman. Sentences running consecutively for 110 years. Rogers. You may call me ma'am or Miss Rogers. Yes, ma'am. Well, Sarah Pender, you're home. <laughs> Welcome to jail. This isn't a school for bad girls. Like, this is fucking prison. They don't, you just get thrown in and they process you. I like that the superintendent's not wearing any jewelry and has a very no-nonsense hairstyle. Yeah, I mean, she's a boss. I mean, first of all, this she's probably... She's here to discipline, and discipline you, she will. You probably can't wear jewelry to your, like, your oh, work job, like, your prison true. job. 
But also, like, a lot of times it's where, like, the guards and the cops, and they don't wear rings because they don't want people to, like, oh. manipulate them knowing that they have, like, a family that they care about. Like, it's oh. it shows weakness and, like, probably just shouldn't bring, like, valuables into a prison. But the way that they greet her is really, like, in, like, kind of, like, I'm trying to think of an exact replica, but, like, a movie where... Let's say a bunch of orphans are dropped off at their new orphanage and they're greeted by like the the late like the lady who runs the orphanage. Yeah, the headmistress. Yeah. Like it's very it's like this is not like the scared straight program. Like she's about to do life in prison. No one comes out and greets you. No, she would just get put into like the delousing room and like had her butthole looked at. Oh my they god. Would definitely absolutely. just like frisker and she would deep clothing. And... Yeah. She'd be bending over and coughing or yeah. whatever. Or whatever. Uh, yeah. I, I don't want that in my life. Like that's something I just, it's not, it's not chic. Thinking about Paris Hilton having to do the whole like, you know, body cavity <laughs> search, which she had to do. That's my kink. <laughs> and Lindsay Lohan. They both had to sure. do the full prison. I mean, and well, I mean, so, I think Nicole did too, right? Because she got yeah. drunk or pills driving. If you go to pr- Chloe Kardashian did, if you did, if you go to jail, you have been body cavity searched. I've never as, thought about that. And I don't know why I <laughs> I think of that more than I think of like every single other American that's in prison right now and how terrible that sucks, especially considering a lot of these people in jail didn't do it. But like, I'm so glad Brittany's never gone to jail. I know, I know. She's I because I, I don't think she would have lasted. Lohan, I was like, she was built to go to jail. Like well, that girl, family's so dysfunctional. I feel like she's used to the like chaos. Do and, you know uh, the blogger Coke Talk? No. I she tweeted she tumbled something like years ago where she was just like, don't worry about Lindsay. It was right when the case happened. She goes, don't worry about Lindsay Lohan. She's no Paris. She can do six months standing on her head. And I like think about that all the time because I'm like you're so true that would be like effortless for her to go to jail for some reason um she's just tough so um yeah this is Paris would have it in her just try to steal a child so she's like a female Charles Manson is a great line and also it's it's the most accurate way it like kind of they they didn't like this comparison her team obviously yeah. it's a very unflattering <laughs> um and also not exactly I, I don't mean, think it's even true actually I don't think it's that accurate it's I not mean, like she had like a cult following her and doing like no, I don't know. No, it's a little dramatic. She, you know, she got she got a lot of people to do some bad stuff for her, um, and that's maybe the only parallel. But yeah, so the paper note not even being folded, I bumped on that just simply because unless that actually happened in real life, that is just the, like one of the only lazy props things I really saw yeah. in this movie. Um, I didn't notice that at all. It's keen. So uh, yeah, I have in my notes, this bitch will thrive in prison. I just felt it right away. So she walks into her cell. Um, the superintendent tells her as she, she does, unless she's in work, a classroom or assembly, she needs to be in her bunk. Um, she's, she and the guard kind of exchange a look that you might almost miss if you're not looking for it, but he kind of looks up at her, like looks her up and down, like, Oh, some fresh meat is here. And she's like working a very innocent look herself. What you will find is that this woman's like a sex demon. Like she can and will fuck anyone to get what she wants. So I don't think she was that shook, but at the time I was like, Oh no, I hope. Cause it's been a while since I've seen it. I was like, I hope that this isn't, this doesn't wind up with. Her being, like, abused by some prison guard, which 
happens I mean, way too much. It is kind of what happens, even though she plays into it. It's still totally not that. cool for the cop to like be well, with her. Like, when we get to that, I want to talk yeah. about that for sure because I had some. It's really uncool. <laughs> it made me feel. It made me feel less like she. I don't know. There are a lot of times where I'm kind of like, eh, maybe she did what was the right thing for her in like a certain way. Like, yeah, you know, I don't know. So, um, she gets, she's really like freaked out when she gets there. Obviously deadbolt is clanged. Her roommate tells her that her name is Corinne. Um, Sarah's going to be on the top bunk. Don't step on my bunk. She's not allowed to step on her bed, um, at, at any point, which is basically impossible to do to get up to a second bunk without doing that. They clean every Sunday. She does not tolerate stupid questions. I thought that these were pretty it. fair rules. I like her direct approach. Was Just, my notes like I like that they only clean on Sundays too. Yeah. Like it's like you guys got a lot of time. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I like that Corinne's like no. I fill my other days with other stuff, but Sunday that's where I get the tedious stuff done. So um, do they give you cleaning supplies? Like for yourself? I think that there's a lot of inventive stuff going on. Like I'm sure there's certain ones you can buy that are like low chemical or like not particularly dangerous for you. I think a lot of times Sometimes everyone would be drinking bleach, I feel like. Right. I think people skim stuff from um, like the chemical closet, like if they have a job. But also, um, there's a lot of like natural things you can like vinegar. vinegar. I'm sure there's vinegar in the mix. Yeah. I'm sure they're using taking toothbrushes. But do you to think things. that that's her, the? Do you think that's Corinne's preference to clean on Sundays, or do you think that's a jail rule? Um, I thought I felt it was like the way that Corinne likes to keep her house. Okay, but I mean, then again, you know what? Who knows? Maybe they just fold up the fucking blankets and make it look cute. On Sundays. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like, do they, I don't think they'd give you a broom because you could like hit someone with the handle. I know. I don't know. Um, so breakfast is served. Sorry, we're, we're playing a lot of clips Looks in this disgusting. episode, but the breakfast is terrible. And Looks Sarah disgusting. throws her tray directly into the trash, which I know from watching 60 Days In is like, that would have started a riot. Yeah. Like in most jails, let alone a you're prison. Wasting food. Yeah, because you're wasting food, and like that's also like currency. But you also, from what I understand, you don't want to give your meal away either because that makes you look like a bitch. Right. And there's no word that's a, the worst word to use in prison. Oddly enough, is bitch. It's true. I learned um, that from half baked. Did you? <laughs> I learned it from sixty days in. I could have learned it years before. So let's play this next clip. Sammy has it queued up already. My. My documents are going every direction on this computer right now. Let's play this clip. Hey, I'm Mimi. I'm Michelle, but everybody calls me Mimi. Forgery. Selling fake IDs. Four years. My lawyer says I'll only do 18 months, so I've got like nine to go. Do you want to hang out sometime? I'm friends with your Sally, Corinne. Do you know um, she poisoned two husbands? Sarah Joe Pender, get over here! <laughs> I thought you forgot about me. Oh my gosh, no. What did I tell you? The first day you could have visitors, I would be here. With bells on. So, Sunshine, how you doing? Oh, it's okay. I'm reading, sleeping a lot. What about friends? Sarah, 
Your father has hired an attorney who specializes in appeals. Yeah, I didn't get adequate representation. Exactly. We're going to get you out of here. But it's going to take time. You've got to realize that. I'm not going to make it in here. Yes, you will. Now listen, time's going to go a whole lot faster. You don't just sit around feeling sorry for yourself. Do we understand each other? She really is a great source of strength. Sarah? She really is. Like, without her, this whole thing wouldn't be possible. I guess you're right. You're right. She's key. You're right. No, she is key. I also just wonder in a way, like, if, like, this is another long con that that Sarah has pulled is to, like, get Jackie invested. Or Jamie, sorry, invested. Um, So this is what I was going to say about where they originally met and, like, for example, why she hasn't gotten her hair freshened up is that I don't think that they met in a real jail. I think they met, I mean, this is where they went was probably like a county jail at first. That's what you might do when you're awaiting trial. And so you can go into county for like literally a week. So for all we know, she got her hair done. This might be the best her hair gets. Sure. In Indiana too, you don't really know what the stylists are like out there. Who knows? Especially in 2013, which by the way was um, like kind of a long time ago. You know, that I sad. I mean, I just time is so wild. So, um, Sarah like starts to get a little bit more comfy. Um, apparently, they have sort of a photo booth of sorts Which at is the so end. So weird. I know. And I know, like Teresa Judice, I've seen that she has some nice pictures taken once her family comes to jail. But um, when they were visiting her. But um, she hangs up the picture of her and Jamie in her cell. She touches it longingly in the dark. Um, in the library, she starts to get her hands on some books. I didn't wasn't able to make out the title. I looked at it three times. I eventually figured out it's a law book. Did you get it? I wrote that highlighting books in a library is not cool. It's such a dick move. It's not your book. I know. Yeah, she goes straight like <laughs> she's like, what the fuck? To be fair, I mean, from what the way that this she is able to implement this knowledge and immediately impact multiple people within the community of her prison system, yeah, um, I almost feel like the book might as well be hers. Um, also, she's only been to one year of college, so like the fact that she right. can just grasp the law so well as a twenty-one-year-old like person is. Just not. She's a self learner, which yeah. is something I really I respect that in people, like people who spend their whole lives sort of. A lot of times, it's people that don't do a lot of school. Yeah. That some Read of my smartest lot. friends just have gone out and taught themselves everything. So a woman comes up to her. Her name is Farrell. Farrell actually, to me, reminds me of a Manson girl. Like she has a sort of like shaggy hair. She's skinny. I said she's from the seventies. Yeah, she really has this sort of like Manson girl quality to her. Yeah. She asks Sarah to please um, help her read a letter. She's holding a legal letter. Mm-hmm. Um, Sarah's like, I'm busy. Um, but she keeps trying. She says, I know you're the smartest girl in here, and the letter has something to do with my kids. How sad is that if, like, Sarah's your lawyer? Like, these mean, women are really hard up. It's so sad. I mean, yeah. I mean, when she said, will you help me read? I was like, oh, my God, is she illiterate? Like, which, do you remember that used to be such a thing, like, on sitcoms? Like, there was always, like, the illiteracy episode. Yeah. Like, I know Punky Brewster did one. In Wayne's World, there was, like, that joke about I can never learn to read. Yeah, and I know that, like... 
illiteracy was significantly much more a problem in our country back then, um, and it still exists so today. Sad. R. Kelly is illiterate. No. Yeah, that's what his wife says. He can, like, write his name, but, yeah, R. Kelly's illiterate. I think I oh. know a person that's illiterate, too. Um, that's really sad. We should teach them to read. I Not mean, R. Kelly. He can choke, but... I mean, to friend. me, it's just, it's an, it's amazing at how many people can survive, um, illiterate. How like, do you even find your way? You have to read a map. Oh yeah. I have no idea. When I was a kid, I just remember before I could read, I remember like looking at signs and just being like so frustrated that I didn't know what it said. Yeah. Um, so apparently the letter is a petition for guardian, guardianship. Feral, which is her real name, um, Such a weird I mean, name. It's, she sounds like a feral animal, right. but it's F-E-R-E-L-L. Um, she says that this, she, it's a last name. I know. Right. Exactly. Um, she says that they shouldn't take her kids. She's like, I love this. Like someone who's in prison being like, they shouldn't take my kids away. Like I fucked up, but I'm a good mom. Like it's just the irony of someone in, in jail or prison fighting the reason why Do they we know why to. she went to jail. It was, um, it was solicitation. Oh, okay. She is a dancer. Oh, um, right. and you know, you, you'll be surprised to see sort of Farrell's background She's when we hot. meet her later. I'd be stoked to get a lap dance from Farrell. She was like the hottest chick in this whole movie, I thought. She also was very like, um, she has like a stillness to her that's very calming. Like, it's like, oh, I think part of yeah. Farrell's attractiveness is that she's like quiet and graceful in a weird way. Um, so Sarah hangs up another picture on her cell wall. After she tells Farrell she's going to help her with the case, we've got a little bit of action here. We see Mimi singing in the locker room. How you know, she's so annoying. Just funny, jovial girls oh singing. And people are like, shut up. I'd be that person. I'd be like, shut the fuck up. I'm Especially done. if you hear it every day. And also the song choice is terrible. Yeah, it's sort yeah. of like, was it like sort of like a Hello Dolly sort of like musical feeling thing? I don't know. It was really bad. I would have probably like beating her up would have like started a big naked shower fight yeah that would be my fear is why I would never speak in the showers like the last thing I don't I would want is to just be wrapped up naked in a plastic prison shower curtain that's probably moldy you don't want to be naked with someone mad at you so that's perfect that's that's my (laughs) that is my that's one of my fears from thank you for the please advise callback you guys um I got a a spray tan from a woman who was very mad at me once and it was very humbling (laughs) to have someone so close to my naked body, which really, I've had boyfriends who have not spent that much time just looking at me stand naked for like years. I just got my first spray tan before I went to Hawaii yeah. and it was very awkward. It's so it's like intimate. 20 minutes of them being like, okay, now stand with like your legs apart. You're yeah. Like, okay. Or they'll be like, hold your butt cheek to the side. It's like weird. it's just very like... And like, it's worse than waxing. I'm not a naked person. Like, I, I think I'm, I am a naked person. I still thought it was uncomfortable. That's what I'm saying like, is like, <laughs> so I really, that was, I don't even weird. know now. I'm like, cause I started to do this thing that I do sometimes where I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, you're not going to make me feel uncomfortable because I'm mad. So now I'm going to start getting spray tans from you like once a month, like, or maybe every two weeks <laughs> just <funny>. because like, <laughs> fuck it. Like, I'm going to make you love me. And like, that is just such a strange attitude to have, but like it's to like, be liked. it's extreme people pleasing mm-hmm. is really ultimately what it is. Cause everyone, everyone wins except for me. So you get a spray tan. Yeah, it was pretty orangey though. It was organic. <laughs> so, um, Jenna says, uh, 
Sorry, Jenna. Sarah says to her, some people just have no appreciation for music. And Mimi's like, now she speaks. Which I liked that for Mimi. Because mm-hmm. I kind of thought Mimi was a big desperado. Like, up, like the way that she approached her previously. So, Corinne is now in a new cell with Mimi. And they're having a, a chit-chat. Sarah steps by to say hi. Mimi offers her a drink. I love it. I love prison drugs, food, drink combos, anything like that. You oh like my god, the, tell me all about the it. Day quill drink. Or you whatever. guys, um, nacho experts. That's you guys' name. Um, just like Katie from Jody Arias. Um, dirty little secret. You are nacho experts, much like Katie. Um, that was the <laughs> name you guys expertise. voted on. Yeah. yeah. Um, but any, if any of you out there have done prison time or have friends who have or family, maybe, um, please email me like the concoctions. Let us know. I want to know. I know on 60 days in there was like, it was like Jolly Ranchers, um, some various juices and then like pretty much any pills that they could get anyone to like put in their cheek over the week. Hmm. Mixed into one thing. So it was like a lot That's of a drinking antidepressants too, which I oh. thought was a wild ride. Most oh. of them just make you really tired, I think, if you're not prescribed to them. But I mean, um, if I was in prison, I'd be napping a lot. Oh, that Literally, is, I oh. would spend 70% of my time trying to nap. I mean, I know at a point you supposedly don't get like tired, but I'm like, that is where my depression would really help Who me cares? out for once in my life, yeah. you know? Um, are you jeweling as well? No, I'm hitting the CBD packs, but it's like running out. Where did you get a, um, a, like a PAX cartridge? Ease. Oh my God. Yeah. Is that like a you website? Ease? No, it's a delivery service. They'll come bring it to your house. It's like Uber for weed. Oh my God. I need they to have do it that. in LA. Yeah. They have oh my it in, God. in California and yeah, LA. I, I'm jeweling these days and I'm like, the only thing that would be slightly better is if I could switch in a little weed cartridge. So PAX made jewels, but now they're separate companies. Um, I had yeah. the original Pax Jewel. I lose these all the time, though. Jewel, uh, Pax are really... They, yeah. They don't weigh anything, and they're black. So you just... I, this is like my 15th one. It's really I sad. had the original, which came with... I have the original, too, and it's like for weed. Yeah. I never use it anymore. Yeah. yeah. They, they sent me the tobacco cartridges with it, though. Like, oh. when I first... And they still look the same. Like, it was a variety pack, and they had mm. even... Creme brulee was an OG flavor for Jewel, which I thought always, I always think, what a bold choice. Yeah. I don't mind it's my the favorite flavor. dessert. Sammy, you don't, <laughs> I know, it's really good, right? Sammy, you don't like the creme brulee, right? I almost worked for them. I was interviewing with them. Jewel? They, yeah, they're in San Francisco. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm a big, I'm, I'm PAX all the way to the end, and I actually have the first gold packs that Sick. they ever sent to anyone. Like they sent that. That's like going to be worth something. I know. When like the nostalgic stoners come out. Um, oh yeah, that'd be great. It is a little bit like an iPod. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, okay. So they're drinking this thing called cafe karma that Corinne likes to make. Um, it's sugar coffee and it like kind of like an antihistamine allergy medication, mm-hmm. which sounds to me like not that great. Like, I don't think that's my idea of a fun time. What if you didn't have anything, though? Otherwise, you'd be sober in jail. I think I would jail. just be, like, I think I'd be chilling. I feel like I'd try to start cutting or something in jail just to, like, yeah. get my mind off it. That's, like, me, too. Like, like I, I don't know if I would try to find outside drugs. 
Yeah. I would just try to like, I'm not going for that cheap thrill. Do something for me. I, I, but I guess maybe at a point you get so sober that your body's even like, oh man, cough syrup, like fucking robot. Coffee will get you fucked up. Yeah, sure. I don't think they give you coffee in jail because it's like hot liquid. They give you hot liquid. Probably not. Yeah, I think it's probably get some tasters. What's it called? Taster's Choice. Where are they even getting the coffee? Um, dissolvable shit. Oh, uh, so, yeah, like instant coffee? Yeah. So Corinne says that Mimi is about to get her hands on a bunch more of, like, this medication because she's fucking this guard every other week. Um, and, like, this is very funny to them for some reason. I just... This is where I wrote in my notes. Is it possible in any way to consent with a prison guard? Um, because I'm sure that there are people in there that are at least a little bit just, or not at least a little bit, maybe they're just fully horny and they want to get laid. Yeah. And they know that this person like has some sort of. Especially if they're really actually straight and they like. Yeah. Fuck men. Those yeah. are the only dudes around. Yeah. yeah. So I'm sure that it's possible, but I feel like the second that you start to try to leverage it past that, this is where you get in trouble, but it's fucked up. I mean, I don't know how they can enforce. Also, why would she only do that every other week? Why not have sex with them every week and get more stuff? Maybe it's not possible. Who sets the rules? I don't know. Hmm. I mean, maybe he's fucking someone else. Who knows? But so Sarah's like, it's a strange schedule. Honey, no, Sarah. Sarah's gonna make this. She's gonna turn this into her business. There's only gonna be one person fucking this man for drugs, and it's gonna be Sarah. So I love all- that she didn't even think about it first either. Like she hadn't even thought, like, oh, I'm so pretty, and I could use that to my advantage. Right. So, uh- like, because I think everyone knows that there's sort of like there's a corrupt inside system yeah. that goes to the outside in jails and prisons. Um, so they're all dancing out in the yard. I think Corinne just killed this scene. She was her, like the, she was just so happy. I've never seen someone so happy dancing before during this scene. I had a hard time with that scene because like, I wasn't sure if there was really music playing or if that was like it definitely background was music. Not. So like, were they just dancing to nothing or? Yes. Okay. Cause and- I had a really hard time. Like. Why were they playing music at the yard? Right. I feel like that would cause some sort of riot too. Cause like someone would say something about they like the song and then someone hates it and there's a fight or like. Right. I don't know. I got a vibe that they just shot the scene without music. Okay. Because, Me too. And that's why I was confused. Uh, because, well, my, my thing was like Jenna Dewan is a, an amazing dancer. She's an actual dancer. And yeah. I'm sure that, you know, she doesn't need to like kind of reveal to the audience that guess what Sarah's also like a competitive dancer yeah um but she was dancing so poorly and it didn't make sense because if anything I feel like she could hit a beat more than anyone but she was doing like sort of like corny it was very corny white girl dancing yeah um it's why I don't really move in public um (laughs) so Sarah looks over and sees the guard uh who let her into her cell in the first place he's taking videos of them dancing he is which is really creepy smiling as he takes pics on the sly she looks back she's coy about it this is she's figured it out so Sarah tells Farrell that the court, the court never notified her of an official appearance request. So that's completely illegal. Basically, it's like the equivalent of not Mirandizing someone. Hmm. Um, so there's this huge loophole. She says, basically, you're going to get your kids back. We see that Sarah's picture mural is growing quite steadily. Then her dad comes to visit her. It's a big old surprise. She didn't get, like, she didn't think she'd get to see him for a few more months. She hugs her dad. Isn't there like a no touching rule or is that just from Arrested Development? There is a no touching rule. Okay. Um, 
I know, like, later on at one point, they kind of, like, she holds hands with um, Jamie a little bit. Yeah. And, like, they, a guard walks by and they immediately, like, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe you're allowed to hug initially, like, when you first get I there. Okay. I don't know. Um, Seemed weird to me. Also took me a really long time to put together that the pictures that she's putting on our wall are from the visiting center. I know. I don't know why that took me, like half the movie to figure out. Well, because typically prisons aren't running like a little a photo, modal booth. photo booth <laughs> yeah. business. Um, so I also was thinking her dad is in Seattle and they're in, they don't really like label the area, but she's probably in Indiana in, in this movie as well because she's she close to Chicago. Mm-hmm. So this poor dad too. I mean, it's not like Amanda Knox's family having to travel to Italy all the time, but like, this is not cheap for yeah, him. From Seattle too. That's so far. Yeah. Um, so basically the court denied her appeal. They didn't find anything wrong with the lawyers, like representation of her or whatever. Um, I wrote, this is an incredibly white collar prison. Like for some reason, this scene just like smacked of really untraditional loose laws here. Um, so we're going to play 2618 to 2914. Um, I've got some questions about Jamie. Want to know why she's so attached to this girl? Okay. Okay. This is just a setback. I've already done two years for a crime. I didn't come in. I'm fighting a system that won't admit it made a mistake. There's all sorts of appeals I can make. Harsh and excessive punishment, insufficient evidence. If they want to fight, they're going to get one. What? You would have made a great lawyer. You've got such a sharp mind. I'm going to find something. Some way to get out of this. Uh, The thing is... Short on cash. It's okay, Daddy. Okay, you've done enough. Just... Don't give up on me. Never, baby. Never. You gotta get your guy to bring in more dihexadrill, and you gotta stop giving it away. These girls are hooked. They're gonna pay a lot to get a buzz on. But there's no money allowed in here. Money stays on the outside. Money orders. Someone on the outside cashes in, opens up a bank account. Maybe we could even save enough to get you singing lessons. Mooney versus Holland. Mooney had been pardoned when he proved he'd been convicted on the basis of evidence known by the state to be false. Like Jamie Long told you on the phone, Mr. Cook, Rick wrote to me that he had a change of heart. He forged that letter. My supposed confession letter was fake. They have to let me out, or at least give me a new trial. To get post-conviction relief, you can't just show that some of the evidence against you was false. You have to show reasonable innocence. I am innocent. It's a long shot. It's my only shot. You're going to need Mr. Hall to sign an affidavit stating that he forged that letter. Rick will do anything to help me. Okay, this is your last chance to have your conviction overturned, Miss Bender. It could take a couple of years, which means a lot of time. I'm expensive. Don't worry, I'll get you your money. You need to talk to your guy. He quit. He can't quit. He's in too deep. He's gone. He doesn't work here anymore. Well, we need to find a new mule, expanding the business. Sarah, I can't risk it. I'm getting out in a few weeks. We can't do anything to jeopardize your release. I understand. Mr. Cook has agreed to let me pay his retainer a few hundred bucks at a time. 
Ben and me are tapped out. Do you want me to call your father? No, no, I've cost him enough already. More money will come. I'm exploring some other options. Okay, folks, visitation hours are over. No, I love you more than puppy paws. Kindly make your way to the exit. Sweet baby. Now, first of all, I just want to note that everyone else in the prison is just being visited by another prisoner. Have you noticed this? I did not. I was like, not looking around except at his mustache, which was very A lot of the women profound. in this room are just sitting with other prisoners. And I'm like... Why do they need to do that? Because they just needed to fill the tables because they probably didn't bring in extras oh. to like... Yeah, Which probably would have been free, like, or if not, like $65. But so, you know, they got to cut corners somewhere, but they filled up the that. tables. Interesting. So, um, in case it wasn't clear, during the last scene, um, we heard her talking to a new fancy appeals lawyer. Um, and this is this, you know, this is the type of guy that you bring in to be the heavy, basically. And he costs a lot of money. Oh, By that? the way, the, uh, Purdue um, tuition is $10,000. So $2,500 would have gotten her. And this is in 2016. So it was probably even less back then. Um, I always think of Purdue as a really good college. It was founded in 1869. So it's an old school for sure, which means that it's probably pretty decent. Um, It's not an Ivy though, is it? No, No, it's not an Ivy or like one of the seven sisters or anything like that. But it's a good old school. So... Um, I remember applying when I was applying to colleges, a lot of kids wanted Purdue. You were asking about how the financials of a scheme like this would work. Yeah. So I think that, um, the money comes, she takes all the orders from the inmates and then their relatives transfer that money to like via money order or something like that to the person who's going to be buying them, which would be Jamie. Oh no, to Jamie, and then how does um, she bring them in then? uh, No, because then she she buys all the antihistamines, and then she gives them to the guard who's putting them in Arizona iced tea cans and delivering them into her that way. So like he was bringing his like lunch cooler basically oh, okay. and and giving her passing off a can of Arizona. So the guard and Jamie are like in cahoots. Um, kind of. Jamie's definitely like a middleman, but I don't think huh. that she and the guard were in direct contact. I'm not sure the guard knew where all the pills were coming from. Interesting. But this is a pretty like classic scheme that they. I mean, they kind of mirrored this on Orange Is the New Black as well when they were running that panty selling company or whatever. There's. Always someone on the outside who's willing that's to a like. That's yeah. amazing. <laughs> There's always someone on the outside that's willing to help, like you know, maneuver sure. this stuff. Um, so I, I will say here that I I do think that um, Jamie's attachment to her is a little disturbing, um, and because she, she is very motherly, and they don't ever really explicitly say that there is a a love connection between these two. So no, they don't. I saw that in the Wikipedia. It just seems like um, it seems like she's almost tr- like. You know, like she wanted a kid and didn't get to have one, so she or like, like had one and it died or something. Well, I kind of feel like that's what's happening, actually. Fake baby, like this yeah. is a, well, she yeah. would like totally get one of those fake baby dolls. Oh, sorry, I just burped. Sorry, I'm gonna retake that. She would totally get one of those fake baby dolls. So, um, so post visitation pat down. Um, I guess that's 
Yeah, I mean, pretty standard. Um, And Sarah looks at the male officer and says, you know, this would go a whole lot faster if you lent a hand. Sarah helps out another inmate with her legal battle. Um, She gets a call to go to the chemical closet for cleaning duty, and she looks, like, pretty excited about cleaning duty today. So the guard's handing out all the cleaning supplies. Um, Sarah's the last one in, and he locks the door behind them. Alone, he tells her that he had to call in a favor to get her this detail, and he hopes that it was worth it. Yeah, so what makes you think I won't scream? She asked him if he brought a condom, and then... Um, I love that. Yeah, no glove, no lie. I love that safe sex is a priority for her, even when hooking. Like, that's great. Yeah. Good for her. Because who knows? Like, maybe maybe she's genuinely like, I'm not out here trying to get pregnant with you, dude. Like... Well, and she just... She, she has an agency about herself, even in jail, even to the person who's in control of her. She's totally. still in control. Like, she really sets the tone for the whole interlude she's kind of the dom yeah like in this whole thing he was like yes mistress yeah totally so um mimi's heard convulsing or something in her room and then she starts to crawl out of her room on all fours everyone rushes over to her she grabs her throat like she's choking and sarah leans over to her and right before she calls the guard she says look at me and never forget who helped you okay Um, this feels very strange in the moment. Like, it's like, well, what did she really help you with? I don't really know what she helped her with other than someone over. Is that, that's all we see. Do you win an award for that? I mean, it's not like men's prison where they just like fucking will be like, oh great. He's having a seizure. Let's beat him to death. Like I don't, it was, it, I yelling for a guard didn't seem like a favor that she would really owe her a lot for. But um, Sarah tells Corinne that Mimi's okay. She'll be at the hospital for the next month. Apparently, she had an allergic reaction. Corinne is pretty skeptical of this. And she goes, says, allergic allergic reaction, my ass. I told that girl if she keeps drinking that Cafe Karma, she's going to kill herself. She's just lucky she had you there to help her. Cafe Karma is very ironically named now that I look back on it. Mm-hmm. I do. I like Corinne a lot. I think that Corinne is the most... I think she's probably my favorite inmate. She killed two husbands. They should make a movie about her. That's right. Honestly, she did kill two husbands. That's how they like introduced her. And I'm like, why don't we know more about her story? Right. Also, this is another thing that adds to the plan. So we we know now that Mimi and um, Sarah work in laundry. And laundry is like where the distribution happens in right. jail. Because that's like probably the only thing that you get. Um, so I would love that detail. Oh, my God. That'd be the one I would choose. Yeah. I just think, like, the thing... First of all, you all have to share underwear, so there's that, which I would just... Ew. You don't get... No. Like, they're not, like, being like, oh, this is... This is Sarah's panties, so... No, 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 honey. You get just a pair of drawers dropped off at your, like, you know, maybe you're lucky and you have some from the commissary. You got, like, a Hanes three-pack or something. But for the most part, that you can, like, wash in your sink. But for the most part... You're wearing, like, communal underwear. So when you wear white underwear to jail, weren't you saying you have to wear, like, white underwear and then, then can keep it or something? And an, if you have white undergarments and you can – if you can have a long sleeve white shirt, that is what well, – that's, like – So if you wear white underwear into jail, do you get to keep that pair throughout your stay or do they get thrown into the mix of, like – I think you might get to keep it. Interesting. Especially because I'm sure the, the, like, all purpose underwear is like one size fits all. Huh. Which is a lot to think about. Um, given no one size fits all underwear. Absolutely. Put that out there. (laughs) 
Um, but just like, God, like it's a woman's prison. Like everything has to have period stains on it. Ew. Everything. Ew. I never even thought about getting your period in prison and how, what an ordeal that would be. Oh, it's a nightmare. What if you have like an IUD and you have to like take it out cause you like had it in prison and then it's like five years. I like, think what do they do? do. If it gets like infected or something, they, they help you it's with upsetting. medical and stuff like I that. So, um, but yeah, no, you can get like tampons through commissary, but for the most part they give out commissary. like, yeah, that they give be like out, something they give you. They give you maxi pads and mm. those actually wind up being, um, maxi pads are like a currency in prison because no they, can, they can, they're an all purpose sort of item. Like sure. people will put them on the bottom of their feet if they don't get their shoes yeah. for the shower right away. Oh. Um, I which, feel like if you didn't want your shoes to click clack, you could put those on the bottom and it would like yeah. ease your, you could like sneak around Wash more. things with them. Interesting. Um, on 60 Days In, there was a flood and they used them to cover the sewage drains that were seeping Ew. sewage into the, I know. <laughs> um, an absorbent maxi pad also doesn't feel like it would protect you from that's, athlete's foot. That's really but, how they should be advertising those right yeah um yeah like a one like an overnight maxi pad that's an emergency that's an emergency item like we get it you're swimming or you're going to yoga on your period but like have you ever stopped a flood right they should absolutely put um put those in like an emergency first aid like sort of um end of the world sell them at home depot yeah so um uh, the prisoner head of sarah in the mess hall line tells them that she doesn't eat meat and they drop extra meat onto her food. She's pissed, but Sarah turns to her and says, is this really the fight you want to have? Which, like, that's a good reminder to have probably at any point in, in prison. Um, the meat looks like hot dogs and gravy. Looks disgusting. All the prison food looks disgusting. It's really bad. And I know prison like, food is not great, but it does look better than this. Um, so Sarah's alone with the guard. Um, when I watch this... Um, Seeing the first thing that the caption said was condom package crinkles. Um, so there's like very noisy condom. She says she tells him to come here. She feels his body and she goes, you must have played sports in high school. I wrote that too. He tells her wrestling and then she undoes his belt and gets right into it. I love to play to the ego of dumb men. They will literally give you anything you want. And she loves to go for the belt. That's like the sooner she can get to that belt, the better for her. Yeah. You Um, gotta pull the lotto stick. What do you call it? Right. Um, slot machine. Slot machine, yeah. yeah. That's what she's totally. trying to, like, win a jackpot. Yes, exactly. <laughs> she's very uncomfortable. Like, she's very comfortable just doing it. So um, I just call this girl the vegetarian throughout my entire notes. I didn't bother to learn her name, but I will tell you at the end. We'll check IMDb. Um, but she walks up to the vegetarian and tells her that, um, you know, she's allowed to keep to herself if she wants, but she has to decide what she cares about. Um and the woman's like, you don't know anything about my situation. And she's like, you know what? You got to get a job. You got to make a plan. It's not for anyone else here. It's for you. Um, and then she takes a bunch of her veggies and rice and gives it to her, which is very nice. Um, she gives everyone what they need. Exactly. Whatever that is, she fills that need for them. And she is right. Because, like, you know, if you have life in prison, if you somehow evaded the death penalty, which, honestly, I would not want to do always surprises me when people don't want the death penalty. Um, but you want the death penalty? If I was in this situation, yeah. If you I'm ran not out ha- of appeals? I'm not, hanging my, I'm not spending my days in this place. No way. I'd be like, yeah, fucking stick like the needle in, sir. Yeah. 
But I would have to pretend that I didn't want it in order to get it, you know? Yeah. Because if you want it, I mean, that's how Jody fucked up. So, uh, one of the ways that was leaving the camera, honestly, was how I she fucked say, up. Yeah, <laughs> if I'm going to like get into it, yeah. <laughs> she could have taken that with her. It's in, like at least in the top, <laughs> pr- top 10 of the ways that Jody Arias <laughs> fucked up. So Sarah and the garter now have you in the closet. Um, but I, well, what I was going to say is that like, this is a good, it's a good message for life. And I think the kind of thing that like almost anyone should be reminded, which is about like failure. I felt inspired. I was like, yeah, man. Like, yes, this lifetime podcast, it's, this is, this is that for me in some ways, but I got to find more, even more things that nourish me emotionally outside of my work, etc. Like I got to get a hobby just like the vegetarian does. Cause otherwise, you know, you just kind of wind up staying by yourself and getting into YouTube videos with guys, guys who, you know, buy liquidation palettes. So she and the guard, oh, they're in the closet. And he says, um, he's never felt this way about anyone. Their connection is so crazy. Um, he says, she's like, you know what? I walk around with this pit in my stomach all day. Nighttime is the worst. I can't even sleep. Like she's, she put a number on him. She is telling this man things that has never been said or thought about this man before, yeah. which is basically that she's so horned up for him that she can't live her life. And that she wants to be with him long-term, I think, is what's going on. Like, once she's out of jail, they're going to be together. And that's, I think, what she's really selling to him. It's actually... That's what she's selling to everybody. I think that's what she's selling to Jamie, too, actually. We're going to hear a reveal later that broke my heart a little bit. Um, But she says, you know, maybe you can get me a phone so I can call you at night. Maybe we can have phone sex. And he's like, you've got a one-track mind. And she's like, that's dumb. I, you can't get me a phone anyway. And he goes, baby doll, I can get you anything you want. That's why she's an icon. That's fucking smart. It is iconic. I mean, it is iconic. I really watched this movie and I was like, damn, and now I know what I have to do if I ever go to jail. Like, I'm good. I know. It was like... I was like watching an anorexic movie and learning how to be an anorexic. I was like, good. Now I've got my like playbook. I find these very (laughs) useful. And and, like, I don't think I'm ever going to wind up in prison. We're very far away from that. But I do feel like if in order to, you know, in order to. If you did, it'd be an accident. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Um, But I also like, I feel like if I, knowledge is power. Yeah. You know? (laughs) So this is just a minute long clip. It's thirty three fifty eight to thirty four fifty four. Um, she's calling Jamie. Hello. Happy New Year's. It's Sarah. Oh my God, Sarah. Oh my God. Shh. Calm down. I only have a minute. I made a friend who's gonna help us. Who? Someone else who believes in me. I'm gonna text you a list of stuff to buy. Phones. Dihexadryl, tobacco. Sarah, no, no, I'm not smuggling anything in there. I would never ask you to break the law. Dihexadryl is an over-the-counter antihistamine. I've got it all worked out. I take the orders. The girls get someone on the outside to send a money order to your P.O. box. You just deposit the money into a bank account. Then you go to one of those chain drugstores. They're going to have everything on the list. You buy it and you ship it to a different P.O. box. All legal. Sarah? This is going to mess with your appeal. This is going to pay for my appeal. Don't worry. I love you more than fairy dust and butterfly wings. So disgusting. I hate their whole puppy dog kisses and it's so gross. caterpillar it smudges. It's me. so gross. If a guy talked to me like that, I would just be like, 
It's disgusting. It's so gross. It's so gross. Even like in a relationship when like every like all um, ego and pretension is like to the wind, like and you're just talking like idiots. This is the worst. Like their dynamic in this way is the most horrifying part of this whole movie for me. It's so much worse than baby talk. So you understand now, like basically the way that the system works with this thing. Um, I, uh, I will say, so we, when we see her, Jamie is clearly struggles with a drinking problem, which I think you could have, you could assume that that's might be how she got in there in the first place. There's just like beer bottles together. Yeah, so she's drinking in basically every scene. And she's alone, too. Oh, okay. Yeah. And On she, New Year's, she's alone, which is sad. Yeah. So um, she's, it starts with her drinking whiskey in this montage. We're going to see a great little montage here. She's mm. drinking whiskey while her husband watches on with a beer. She looks absolutely miserable to be doing this, but she has really large, like, Costco-sized bottles of these allergy pills. And this is 2013, so you probably didn't even need to give your ID to get the good shit. No, I think this is is why you have to give your ID now. Exactly. Um, So Sarah's building out her collage throughout this whole thing. Um, The cop, she's fucking loads all the pills into Arizona iced tea cans. Sarah counts the pills in her cell. She hangs something else on her cell wall. She's uh, in laundry now, and she's working with her vegetarian friend. They filled the sheets with pills, cigs, a cell phone. Like, mm-hmm. they've got some real booty here. Like, I thought yeah. the pills were good enough, but she's really I'd much working. rather have a phone. She's working a fucking business, dude. Like, if I had cigs, I would never want that Cafe Karma shit. I would just be like, good, I have cigs. Like, I can deal with that. Cigs? Is there a place to smoke in jail? Like, um, once you have them, it where depends. do you smoke them? It okay. depends on the jail. Like, some... Some, I think, allow it. Okay. Um, where you could even just buy cigarettes from commissary. Yeah. I know there must have been a long period of time where you could just smoke in your cell. Um, unsuc- that would be horrible. Yeah. Oh, I'd hate that for like for other people. The best way to get a cig, I think, is have your lawyer bring them to any sort of like meeting. Because huh. they'll let you smoke in an interrogation room sort of situation. Oh. Um, if anything huh. I've watched from TV is correct. So it's also used as like, sometimes a guard will slip you a sig to kind of get some info out of you. Or to like get your DNA. Um, totally. So right before the vegetarian leaves with all the stuff, she gives Jenna a kiss. Um, so these two are now together. Jenna fills out her, or Sarah fills out her collage even more. She fucks the cop, and as they're fucking, she says, Happy Valentine's Day. I mean, this is a bleak montage, but it does seem like this is the closest to, like, a taking care of business sort right. of montage. It's also like, like, I'm implementing my plan. Yeah. Yeah. It's just dark to see something motivated by and punctuated with drugs at every turn. It's pretty, like, and sex, or sorry, motivated by drugs, but then, like, also punctuated by, like, sex. At, at all points. I just feel, I would feel very used. Um, but she's the user. I mean, so she walks into her meeting with her appeals lawyer. Um, very interesting attitude she has when she walks into this scene. Cause she's like, I mean, to mention her again, she's like punky Brewster. Like she walks in that room and she's like, 
you were wrong. It only took a year. So what's the deal? And like, she comes in so happy. She's not nervous at all. She's overly confident. And he tells her that her motion has been denied. The judge disputes her request for a retrial based on the other evidence against her, like the purchase of the shotgun. So the letter is not a clincher, basically. Um, there's the borrowed truck. Apparently Rick had borrowed a truck from a friend. Mm -hmm. There's all the forensic evidence. He's like, you know what? I'm sorry. And she flips out. She gets up. She tries to push the table over. Her chair falls over. It's the only time we see her lose control. Yeah. She really loses control. And Mm -hmm. it's the first time we ever see her cry, Mm -hmm. um, because she's not getting out basically. Um, and the guards come running in. They put her, her own boyfriend has to put her into solitary. Um, she's scream crying too. So that's a good lifetime cry. But like, wait, do you call solitary the shoe? No. Um, solitary. That's what they call it on SVU, so I always call shoe. it the shoe. Huh. It stands for something, but yeah. Um, so two weeks. She's in the shoe for two weeks. Um, and the superintendent comes in to get her, and she's basically like, you've become a great influence on this whole place, and so I really hope that none of this changes that. Um, Farrell sits with her and tells her she's going to bring her daughters to meet her, but Sarah's like, please don't. Like, just get out of here and forget this place. Um, she gives her a picture for a wall of her three girls. Sarah said she's always wanted to have a family like that. Normally I would say don't give anyone a picture of your kids in prison, but I feel like a woman's prison is safe. If it was men in there, I would never give any, I would Is she out of jail giving that? She's about to leave jail. Okay. So Farrell in that scene is wearing brand new kids. They are white. Yeah. They're vans. They're like, they're van slip-ons and they're brand new. They are brand new. Yeah. Definitely, she was not wearing those maybe throughout her she time was just in prison. Blowing the last of her commissary money. Oh, maybe. You know, I don't know. I just know they were just very white in that scene, and I was like, that doesn't really make any sense. When to I me. think about commissary, I think that that's where I would get um, wrapped up. Is that I would be I buying just food and stuff. Is it clothes too? You can buy like you can buy like soft T-shirts. Like I mean, it's all sort oh. of more closer to the same stuff. But from what I understand, you can buy radios. You can buy that's really? where they get radios, and oh. they have um, you can rent an iPad. Really, tablets are big. Huh. Yeah, um, yeah. It's like that's how they no make idea. a lot of their money, though. Is whoever puts the um, sad whoever Jail's channels sad the system. internet to them mm-hmm. makes so much money because it's five ninety nine. I think for like 15 minutes and people pay it because it's their only way out. So my God, that's actually like, you know, just those are the scammers of all the ways that people make money off the prison system. That one is very troubling to me. Sure. Um, so Farrell's ready to go. Um, she talks to her like basically as she's on the other side of the chain link fence and she's in her brand in her, in her clothes that she came in and, and she looks like, I mean, she looks like a lovely suburban mom. Yeah. Which is young who too. She, she is. looks like she's 28 or something. She, she looks, looks really young. Really young and like mm-hmm. almost Tough like well to do. Um, which is surprising based on some of the other stuff we'll learn about her. Um, but well, she. Dancers make a good amount of money. I was going to say, Depends. I feel like. I was going to say, I feel Especially like. if she's full service. Public that's why she perception got arrested. is. <laughs> Is that dancers don't make a lot of money, but then I was like, they probably make a ton of money, especially because like you have to declare your own tips. Right. So you can, and that's the easiest business to fudge. Um, it depends on your shift, depends on the club. 
I mean, I also don't know what the rules are for stripping in Indiana. It could be full nude, could not be like right. She, yeah, she's hot. I felt I felt down on myself about it after because I was like, Molly, that's Aww. like some weird self. Like that's like some weird shit that like you're just like. Well, I mean, how much could she make? She's an Indiana stripper. And I'm like, well, Molly, like, you don't know what that's about. Like, maybe you should be an Indiana stripper. The dudes in middle America, I got to say, after doing a road trip and tendering my way across America just to see what the dating life is like. Really? Those dudes are more hard up than I would say people on the coasts. What like, do you mean? Hard up for cash? Hard up for chicks. Oh. Like hot girls. So if you're like a really naturally girl next door, hot girl like feral, you're probably doing really well. For sure. And also like if there's anything remotely exotic about you, meaning that you're sure. from not one of the surrounding four states. Yeah. She looks like corn fed, blonde, like. Totally. You know, she doesn't have a much exotic, exotic to her, but. So, um, yeah. kind of hot guy comes out of the side door, um, and props, it props open with a basketball while yeah. he smokes. Um, and she sees this and she's like, oh my, like, it's that easy. There's just a door that mm. gets propped open. She saw the opportunity and decided to go for it. So Corinne and the vegetarian are talking and Corinne says that she feels like an animal because she has to ask permission to pee. Um, people are already up in their business all the time. Soon there won't be any nooks or crannies to hide smokes. Sarah overhears this and she's like, what are you guys talking about? And Corinne says that there's a new prison commissioner. Everything's going to change. Um, so we'll just play 3932 to 4104. What are you talking about? Well, he was in luck. We got ourselves a new prison commissioner, a real hard ass. He's adding movement accountability protocols, cameras everywhere. ID badges, more rules. Shoot, we aren't in our cells or at child. We gotta present special passes. It's all about being the man. When is this happening? Next week. I only got about 10 minutes. When were you gonna tell me about the new security? I was. I'm sorry, I'm disappointed too. You're disappointed? We missed our chance. The window's gonna close. You just gotta file another appeal. There are no more appeals. <sighs> we talked about what was gonna happen if I lost my appeal. It's too late. You told me you've never met anyone who understood you the way I do, who makes you feel the way I do. But when I really need you. Oh. laundry scam continues um she's getting brought some new stuff some new clothing but the linens um, in jail are itchy the what the linens in prison are oh, itchy they're i feel like terrible <laughs> or they could just because they're washed so much they could be really soft the vegetarian spots a visitor's pass underneath her bed and she goes did he give this to you yeah, what if they shoot you? At least I'll be wearing cute clothes. Oh, shut up. So there's like a little flirty, like you're, you might get shot by a bunch of prison guards. Um, so a bunch of the women follow a guard down the hall. The vegetarian pulls down Sarah's shirt as if there's something else beneath it. Um, there's a commotion inside the rec room, which I was like, please tell me Sarah's manipulated two women into getting to a fight. So there's a diversion. 
Um, but she makes a break for the door by the basketball closet and she slips off her first layer of clothing and she puts on just some flip flops that she has. Um, and she texts, where are you on her sidekick? She gets a text back from Jamie and she's running a little bit behind. Um, she starts to freak out a little bit. Um, she hears someone coming, but it's just some prison guard slash coach guy kind of tossing the basketball back into the closet. She gets away. She confidently walks out. Um, she pauses when she sees some other women who are coming out with passes too. Um, and then she runs out of the prison and hops into a van that's being driven by the guard, guard Scott, who's like filling up sort of in vain at the little gas station. Um, the guard goes to check out his van and Scott's being a real like cunt about it. Scott's the police officer. She's fucking by the way. So the guard, like he doesn't, I don't know. Like he kind of, the guard does like a cursory glance, but it's like, Scott, you know, the rules, like, you know, that like bullying someone into not looking in the car, like it just, Wikipedia, it said that they never checked anyway. Right. Like generally. So that's why they thought that'd be a good idea. It's like a fake out, but it also just makes Scott seem like way more of a bumbling idiot than he probably is. Um, so Scott goes, you know, nice seeing you while he's, while she's been in the back of the van while he's driving her to some other place, she's putting on a cop uniform or a guard uniform that Mm -hmm. she was slipped. Um, Jamie picks her up in the lot where she's been waiting. And then now all of a sudden she is, um, she's on the, she's on the lam. So then we see something that I wrote in here. I feel like I've seen more of this in pop culture in the last five years than ever in my life. But he's doing the red string on the murder solving board thing. Oh, yeah. This guy. Now, his name is is Marshall. He is hot. Can get it. He can't get it from me, but I I look at him and I I see that he's hot. It's just not for me. Can we just talk about the escape for one second? I have yeah. three points. A lot. Yeah. Um, escaping from jail in flip-flops is insane. So Number that one. actually is one of the only pieces That's of... insane. <laughs> the only IMDb goof that has happened here. It says a tank top and flip-flops would be a poor choice of clothing if you were going to break out of prison posing as a visitor. Totally. Since tank tops and open-toed shoes are some of the clothing that visitors probably. are not allowed to wear inside the prison. The also, entire, yeah. whoever got her those clothes from the outside yeah. got her a killer bra. Her yeah. tits look amazing. Like it's underwire, perfectly her size. Like so she's wearing basically like a gray like tank beater, like tank beater to like sort of like gray wife beater tank. Like a top. Shirt you could get at the Gap, like a tank top. She looks really. She's she's, hot. If she wasn't like this, is only an outfit a skinny person could wear. Like you have to have a dancer's body to look as good in this outfit as she does. Okay. Like, that's not a tank top everyone can pull off without looking like kind of some. I mean, yeah, it's, it's like just, not a spaghetti strap. It's like a wide strap kind of rib, ribbed. Like Bodycon. Like those things yeah, wind tight. up looking lumpy and strange yeah. if you very easily. Um, what else about the heist? Dude, imagine pulling that off and how dope you'd feel. How amazing would that be? I know. I, I just even getting into the van, not even getting into Jamie's car, like I, know. I would just be elated and like so high and nervous and like I, that'd just be the best feeling in the world. I think it's like the most satisfying Dude. thing when people pull off like a heist or something. Imagine like the high you get from shoplifting as I did in <laughs> high school and then like 
multiply that by a thousand. Sure. Like, yeah, 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 incredible. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, no, that's That's everything. how she's got to feel like, oh, I fucking did that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the one thing about this whole thing, though, that I felt, because, like, Jamie just looks like she's been through it. Like, as she's kind of starting up her car, she looks, like, scared. She looks surprised shitless. she even is there. Like, she's even worked. And, and I, and I have to say, like, I don't understand as a viewer of this movie, and I understand now knowing there's more of a romantic history between them, like, there's no one that this is worth for. Like, she, she has, this woman has a husband. Like, she has a friend. Um, there's no way that Ed would be someone that I just met in jail. Like, Like, Ed is probably the only person I would have done this for, but these women spent a collective, maybe two, three days together, and, you know, occasional visitation and phone calls. That's on a true. It's not like they're long-term friends from before jail or anything. Right. That's and true. so that said, I'm either getting severe true. mental illness from Jamie or like severe loneliness, severe loneliness, or, I mean, this must have been the love of her fucking life. In which case, poor Bob. Cause we find out later that Jamie also really loves her husband to the extent oh, that she, she's, she, she she fudged, <laughs> okay? She fudged some deets of this story. So, longer clip, but 4617 to 5052. Done. 23 hours. Must be some kind of record. Didn't even get the sheet dirty. Well, so that was my record. Of course, half the credit goes to my co-star. This genius breaks out of a maxi outside of Dayton and takes a bus to his baby mama's house in Gary. I was waiting for him when he walked in. Sometimes it's just too easy. Marshall Harlan. I'm on my way. Start the clock, McCorkle. Woman just skipped out of Rockville. So, you're gonna be safe here, okay? It's an old foreclosure that me and Ben were cleaning it up for the bank. I think you could probably stay safe here for a week, maybe even two. This is great. We gotta cut and color my hair. I cannot believe you're standing here. <sighs> Where's all my stuff? Um, I have to go pick it up. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I figured I'd have to go on a food run anyway. I told you to get everything ready. Yeah, but look, you got out so fast. Well, can I get my money? Honey, your money is temporarily unavailable right now. No, 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 don't worry. We promise we're going to pay it back with interest. What did you do with my money? Ben always wanted a jacuzzi. You used my money to buy a hot tub? He has a bad back. You never let me down. Here, here, here. Look, 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 look. This is $33. I'm going to go and I'm going to pick up everything I can for you, okay? Hey, I love you. Like warm, fuzzy kittens. So, between 2.30 and 4, you recorded the three prison vehicles exited the Sally Port. Two of the exiting vans had offenders who were being released and transported to the Greyhound station downtown. But this third vehicle had a driver only. According to your notes, transport officer Spitler needed to refuel. How well do you know Spitler? Scott Spitler has worked here for five years, Marshal Harlan. He's married with two small kids. Did you do a thorough inspection of the van officer? I glanced inside, but Spiller was in a hurry, and... He's a model guard. He ain't perfect, Miss Rogers. There have been rumors. What kind of rumors? 
Soap and water weren't the only fluids they've been mixing in the chemical closet. This is bull. I'm the straightest arrow here. Why did you rush the van inspection when you exited after refueling? Check your records, Marshal. Since I've been a trip officer, I've never skipped van inspection. I get it. You're not the kind of guy who flaunts rules. Let's talk about the chemical closet. You say you barely knew Sarah Pender, but according to prison records, you were her supervisor when she was on chemical duty. I supervised a lot of women on chemical duty. I did not do anything wrong with that woman. She had help on the inside, Scott. We have to ask everyone. I know. I know. So, Officer Spittler, you didn't do anything wrong with that woman? No, I did not. Did you know when people lie, they don't use contractions? And they use distancing phrases like that woman when they really meant Monica Lewinsky? You're lying. Sorry, Miss Rogers. Scott? Is this true? What the hell were you thinking? I don't know. I was... It just made sense. Sarah, she understood me. She... loved me. She wanted to have my baby. Where is she? I don't know. I swear. Sarah didn't tell me anything. My job was just to get her to the parking lot. Okay, so I looked up our our guy, Nels Lennerson, who plays... Um, the Marshal? The Marshal. Daddy. Dude, he... <laughs> works okay he um Good. he works he was in the van helsing tv show he has something called cold pursuit in um post-production right now where he plays a janitor which i mean that i don't know <laughs> it's a starring role <laughs> maybe yeah maybe it's one of those movies where the characters don't get real names um but are very pivotal he was in the who killed jean Bonnet movie as the commander um he definitely looks like he should it's be a terrible playing. movie he, it was really bad. That was the one that she narrated, right? Yeah, and it was like, who killed me? I don't know. It was yeah, really bad. <laughs> that one was almost a little bit too dark hard to watch. for me. But yeah, this guy has worked pretty steadily, a lot of times in cop roles um, since 2000. Hmm. Um, but it's yeah. funny how they typecast certain people. Yeah. Like, you look like a cop, and that's it. That's he all does. you'll ever play. He looks like kind of like a like beefy. A yeah, he has this sort of, like, thing. So I want to know who was the guy that played Sean, who's the guard. His name is Steve Bakic. Um, uh, his name was Sean, or was it Scott? Scott. Okay, Scott. Who's Sean? Because Sean is kind of like... Sean. Sean's got something going on for him. In this movie? Mm-hmm. Hmm. He's got a career, but I don't know. Maybe they labeled it wrong because I think it's him. And they say he's been in um he's been in a lot too. Did you ever see the SVU where the guard was like having sex with the prisoner? Yeah. Like, so sad. That's what this reminded me of. Like, yeah, they I mean that's an unfortunate piece of shit, abuse of power. reality and it winds up as a theme on a lot of the 
a lot of the shows. Um, it's because like it's, you're already in a bad place as a woman being in prison, and then you have to like, I know, go on and like rape me. Like, fuck you. I don't already at my worst. Like, it's really sad. I don't know if it's entirely possible to like gender the guards to the prison, and if necessarily that would matter at a certain point, um, because of course. I think they do actually do that a little bit still. Like I do think, especially in maximum security, they, they make it women to women, men to men. But, but I have, it doesn't really matter though. Like sexuality has nothing to do with your gender and gender's on a scale anyway. So like, does it matter? I I'm don't know. thinking more like physical over empowerment typically, but oh. that said, um, I do, I have heard stories about women who are guards in like, like max, security prisons and i just am like that doesn't seem safe how do you turn that off and go home exactly i feel like that's that is not a transactional job. job in any way mm-hmm. and also it's just haunting like, a lot of the prison guards live on campus too like in san quentin at least there's like a there's like a guard neighborhood next to the jail that, that people want to live in because it's right on the water so you can see the bay it's actually really beautiful in san quentin but yeah. it's like you're also living on a prison campus so like yeah i don't know yeah, the houses are um, pretty cheap in prison towns, like mm-hmm. notoriously. They are. But I feel like you're probably safer than most people somehow, just in that, like... Probably, yeah. You know? Um, so Sarah calls her dad from Jamie's, and she says she's out of jail. Please don't be mad. <laughs> she tried, but they gave her no choice. She'll be in touch soon. She finds a knife in Jamie's kitchen that she is eyeing. I don't know if she even really took this knife with her, but... Are we are we past the uh Did I skip the scene? Well, in my notes I have notes about how the how Jamie's front porch looked. No, take give hand him over. Uh, okay, there's a dresser on the porch. There's like a bunch of Harleys. Sure. It just looks like the most Mickey Mouse like hoarder, so, like I couldn't put enough stuff inside, so I had to move it outside type of porch. So what it took me a while to figure out is that where she's staying, that's Jamie's house, is the one that they are remodeling. So like I oh, can imagine okay. it would be ramshackle. But it was she, ramshackle, that's yeah, the word. But yeah. her place, Jamie's place looks... Um, very similar okay. in, in a lot of ways. Um, but she, the one she's staying in is a different okay. house that seems far away. The dresser on the porch really got me. Yeah. That's yeah. Like, that's, that's a, that's a, a, a commitment you're making then. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's in there too? What are they storing? I mean, who knows? Maybe she pushed Outside. her hands up that day and just refurbished the thing. Maybe she was starting a DIY project because <laughs> she said, you that. know what? <laughs> I need like some I'm standing today. Yeah. yeah, I need to work this out creatively. Open that side of my brain. Um, I was imagining it full of like old shawls. Can you imagine getting a, a call from someone in your life that you've already like committed to like the fact that you've gone broke trying to get them out? They are now going to serve a hundred and ten year sentence, and then they call you and leave a message being like, "Hey." I broke out. Don't be mad. Like the fact that she thinks that she can push this with her dad. Yeah. I would just, it's because that's, it's all, it's all very selfish. Everything you usually need to do to get into prison in the first place. But this is just unrelenting. Like she's like, it's true. I'm going to make your life. Yeah. I'm going to make your life a lot worse. So, um, the marshal enters, (laughs) um, her cell saying that he needs a list of all the inmates that Sarah's had. Um, in the, the superintendent's like, that'll be a very long list. And he's looking at the collage over her bed, and he sees multiple pictures of Jamie. And right away, like... How long has she been out of jail during this scene, do you think? So, 
they make this seem, this whole time that she's out of jail in the movie, they make it seem like it's a good six months. But yeah, in like, reality, it's probably been about two days. Okay, because my question is, like, why are they keeping her cell as, like, a, memora- a memor- memorandum? Maybe, like, memorandum? for... I don't know how you say it. Like, don't oh, prisons have a memorial? Yeah, like, yeah. don't prisons have overcrowding? Wouldn't they just have given her bed away, like, I as mean, soon as she'd left? Or Yeah. It seemed weird to, like, still have her collage on the wall to I me. think the only reason why is because if it's an escaped person, like, that's all they um, have for it's potential. Like a crime scene? Yeah. Got it. Um, but then again, like, that doesn't even really make a ton of sense either. But it's a lot of manpower that they are and not use are not using here. Huh. Um, so... He looks at the, he says basically, I want to talk to this one. So she's, um, at home now. We see Jamie at home with her husband and her husband says, I told you this was going to end bad. And she says, says the fat guy in the hot tub, she's going to kill me. The bell rings. Good for that guy. It's Sean Harlan, U.S. Marshal. Okay. Sean Harlan. Oh, that's who Sean is. So then who is? Scott's the cop. Sean's the, uh, Marshal. Oh, so is Scott, Scott Spittler? Yes, that's the cop. Okay. So, Spittler's had probably a better career than our boy. I didn't recognize any of these people. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it just takes, like, a little, like, you get a vibe a lot of times. And sometimes a lot of the, especially in, like, a 2013 one, you get a lot of, like, great performances that you go into the person's IMDb, and they work steadily after this. Oh, and it's like, like this is their launching point. It cut their teeth and yeah. like kind of show that they had chops. Like Mimi, yeah, it's um, a great movie. <laughs> Mimi is very, very pretty. She is pretty, and she's re- tall in real life. Though, like she is pretty glam, like in oh. her headshot that yeah. she has. She's like um, a Demi Debbie Reynolds look to her. Yeah, like uh, uh, like almost like d- Old um, Hollywood. Demi Lovato too. Like a little like mashup there. Um. But she's been working, like, a lot since um, I like Sabrina, too. The blonde, actually, as I'm seeing now, the different blonde here washes her out a little bit more. It does. It does. Yeah. But they always do this weird thing that we've talked about on here before, where our lead is a brunette, so they, try, like, try to take away other brunettes, like, yes. in, in the moment. And so far, that's been true. They've had, like, a bigger black girl, a skinnier black girl, a right. brunette. The main brunette, but the but but Mackenzie Phillips. That's probably why she has bangs because they couldn't have two brunettes without one having bangs. Why well, we be a different solved face the shape. fucking brunette? That's got to be it. The brunette with, the bangs. with bangs mystery. Yeah. Um, which I'm glad that we <laughs> were able to tie that together. I think that is why they did that choice, actually. But you're right. I think they go for very like you know they know that a lot of people are flicking this on in their hotel room, like. Sure. you know, drunk or like exhausted yep. from traveling and just want to zone. And so they make it very easy to pick up. I mean, Lifetime movies I mean, are I some I appreciate of the, that. In a Lifetime movie, it makes it very easy to watch. <laughs> they're one of the only things that you can just kind of pick up like more than two quarters of the way through it. She goes and answers the door to meet the U.S. Marshal at her door. Mm-hmm. He says he's looking for Sarah. And she says, uh, Jamie says, did you try Rockville Prison? Um, and then he's like. So good. Well, what's going on inside? She goes, Ben's in the back in a hot tub. You don't want to see that. Um, and then the U.S. Marshal says, why didn't you ask, like, why, where, like, why I'm asking about Sarah? Good point. Um, he's very much like, he's leaning on his like detective, like, I know you're a liar skills a yeah, little bit. He's like waiting too. for her to fuck up before he even like and also, makes like, her fuck up, you know? Some of it's just incidental. Like when he pointed out that, um, 
the cop she was, or that the guard she was hooking up with, like, didn't use a contraction when he was like, I did not murder her. Yeah. And, um. That was interesting to me to watch. Yeah. Like, and then he brought up Clinton and, like, the whole thing. Yeah. It was interesting. And that is, um, that's something that I, I loved in The Devil's Teardrop last season. I do love, like, a little bit of jargon. This just felt, like, very thin and light to me. And also, typically, they save the big reveal of, you know, oh, well, most people don't call it a carcass. Oh, well, why didn't right. you ask about this? Most of the time, they save that sort of to the end. Last 15 and they, minutes. Yeah, they keep it in their pocket. But this guy's just dying to tell everyone how to lie to the cops. Um, so basically, Jay- He really gives his position away he, quite a bit. I mean, <laughs> I feel like I know how to lie better, and I'm, I still Me too. can't lie. I took but- that note like, oh, okay, say contractions when mm-hmm. I lie. Good yeah. to know. You gotta process a lot. So, um, he does say that, um, the guard ratted on her and said that she was driving the runaway car. And Jamie goes, he didn't see me. (laughs) Which he doesn't point out. She's absolutely categorically denied and like not denying that she drove the getaway car. That's like her trap. You got trapped. So he says, where is she? And Jamie says, Sarah didn't kill those people. I don't know why she fucking, like, Jamie is just such a slut for Sarah. She's really just like, will, like, say anything to help her out. And at this point. Sarah must point, have gotten really deep into her psyche and, like, made her feel really good about herself. Right. And she's so, just like a sex worker. She just, you know, says what she can to, like, make the client feel good and give her money and do what she wants. Which she is seduces. Like, yeah. She's yeah. really good at seduction. So I appreciate. Um, he's like basically like, listen, honey, you can't help out Sarah anymore. You're aiding and abetting a prisoner. And then Ben You got your hot tub. Walk away. <laughs> ben comes in with his towel and he says, You know what? If you don't tell the man where she is, I will. He's the real MVP of this whole thing, because like he got the hot tub. Ben has a fucking backbone. Yeah. yeah, he gets a hot tub. He does the right thing after I think, taking the criminal's money. <laughs> like Yeah, I think Ben <laughs> He looked away. He looked the other way on a lot of this stuff. Like when he sees his wife who just got out of jail, like loading like antihistamines into an envelope and like yeah. just letting this convict come stay with them. Like Ben looked the other way a lot. So Sarah has a big pair of scissors. Um, he wanted and that hot tub. We see that she's going to be slicing your hair. These are like basically like stationary scissors, I think you call them. Is that what it's called when they're like big and heavy like that? They're not kitchen scissors, but like stationary mm, scissors. I don't know, but I know what you're saying. It was a very specific called. pair. So the cops arrived to the house um, I love that the she's hair been short. staying at. I know, I do too. It's really cute. Um, it's not too dramatic though. Which I appreciated, but also felt yeah, very I thought she was going to, like, do a pixie cut or something. Oh, she lobbed it. She yeah. went through the lob. So That's cute. Um, Her face is so pretty. And, like, she angular. Um, and she also pulls off blonde later in this movie. Which She's hot as a blonde? Is that a wig? I don't know. I'm really bad at knowing what's a wig. I know. I think so. I'm I bad didn't too. even know black people wore wigs, like, my whole life until, oh, like, 10 years ago. I'm like, so I'm dumb really bad at with wigs. wigs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, she, I think, does wear a wig because the hairline is pretty, I I've thought Kim Kardashian dyed her hair every three weeks for a while. I like really, right. I'm really <laughs> so bad at wigs. Um, I think normally for a film, they'd make you do that. Um, 
I know Bella Thorne had to go brunette, but I think Bella Thorne is pretty much, you just throw anything at her and it'll stick. Like, Her I don't Lifetime think movie was Dorland. really bad that I just watched. There was like a Bella Conrad Thorne. and Michelle. Yeah. Yeah. That was really upsetting. And bad, and like badly done, actually. It was, both. <laughs> well, that's one of the ones it's a that. Bad Lifetime movie. That's one of the ones where they have a true story that's like really hot and sensational. So sad. And so they had to write the script and they wrote the script in two weeks and then production went in right after yeah. that. So. The case isn't even finished yet, and they had to crank it, was it out. It's really hard to watch knowing how it ends. Yeah, and that it's actually not even over yet. Yeah. Is that she's still in... They're trying to turn it into a First Amendment issue, which is... Really? So that she gets off? Um, like, yeah. she can say what she wants or well, whatever? I mean, you know what? Honestly, I, I honestly don't... I think that she actually was kind of being abused by him in a way, too, but the fact that he was telling her every single day he was going to commit suicide. So I don't know if I totally... I've been plagued by that as well. And it's definitely emotional abuse when people do that. Yeah. But I'm not sitting... I also didn't sit there and tell my loved ones, like, we'll just go ahead and do it then. Right. <laughs> like, uh, I think my she's, reaction. I think she's sick. And, like, I don't think it was normal at all. Yeah. I think the only... I think so the only though. reason why I think it's so so concerning is that because in making it a First Amendment issue thing... It's a pretty unlikable thing that she did. And I think people, to fuck around with the First Amendment and set a precedent like that is really dangerous. Yeah. Because the people will refer to that case forever. Yeah. Um, That's true. And it becomes very petty. So um, she, you know, the cops are like raiding this house. We need to see your hands, blah, blah, blah. We see her kind of wrap up all the loose hair in the sink. And I'm like, is she going to like try and jump out the window or something? No, she's not even at the house. She's at a warehouse cutting off her bathroom, um, her hair in the bathroom. So they're at totally the wrong location. And she has like gotten out of there with her new chic bob at a totally different location. Um, the U.S. Marshal says that they need to do an America's Most Wanted alert and have all eyes out for her. So America's Most Wanted, I'm sure pretty much everyone listening to this knows what that program is. Is it still on? Um, I think so in some iterations somewhere. Um, I think if not, it's insane that we don't have it just because there's such a climate of violence out there and so many people, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like we should have it on Twitter. There should be like in a world where people are not getting banned from Twitter for legitimate threats. I do think, I mean, it's, it's, you can't put a person's face on TV because they threatened someone with a tweet. But, um, not yet, not yet, <laughs> but it would be nice to see like sort of things handled that way again. Cause I think the public wants to know that the police forces out there are actually working to solve some of these things. Um, cause I think that a lot of people assume, especially that- stuff like that's really matters and not just like cops on TV. Like I watched cops the other day yeah. and it was like really petty stuff that they were like bothering these people about. Cops is amazing, yeah. but it's not a it's not a learning tool. No, it's not a learning tool. Um, <laughs> it's what you like put on because nothing else is on cable. Yeah, I went through a weird <laughs> stage of like getting really into cops, and sure, it just, we all have. I think at one point, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm learning more from Dog the Bounty Hunter than cops. Like with Dog the Bounty we Hunter, we really I'm, wanted to run into him in Hawaii, but alas, we did not see him. I know. We thought you, about it. <laughs> you know what's it. so hard is that. <laughs> is that Dog the Bounty Hunter was was 
Dog the Bounty Hunter's canceled party was like basically one of the first. Why did he get canceled? He said the N-word in like a tape that was released. Bummer. And this was like an early on sort of thing. This was like maybe like 10 years ago. Oh. Yeah. It was like around the time of like the Mel Gibson thing too when he got pulled over. So like not everyone was getting busted back then. Yeah. So he was one of the first ones. But I think he had a redemption arc that I'm a little bit surprised about. I don't think – I mean people dress up for him as as him for Halloween now. So – um, I think he's back. It's in iconic in his own way. I mean, I love Beth, his wife. Yeah, and Leland, his son, and um, Lisa, <laughs> deep in the baby game. girl. Yeah, a baby Lisa. Um, <laughs> she's feeling herself. Out. She's out now. She's, she's like loving her haircut. She's at a big discount store now. It looks sort of like a like a dollar store adjacent type thing. Um, and she's getting a burner phone or two that are 50% off. There's a big 50% off on it. I'm like, I love that she got Perfect. a deal. What a deal. Yeah. Um, she's looking at some blonde box dye, which was a nightmare for me to see. Cause I just was like, it brought oh, back this a is... lot of memories for me yeah. from high school and college that I don't want to revisit being the HG golden blonde. Right. Color six G, whatever. And she's so pretty. I'm like, I think she could even pull off that burnt orange hair. Um, that comes without being toned, but you know what? She pulls it off. So she runs into she Mimi. She looks great as a blonde. I know she does. She's just so amazing. hot. I honestly feel like she could pull off any color. Um, so Mimi runs into her at the drugstore and says like, oh my God, I didn't recognize you. And Sarah's just like unfazed. She turns around. She's like, yeah, that's the point. Um, can you pay for my stuff? Are they from the same town? Why are they in the same CVS? I think that probably it's like everyone, most of the people who go to the prison are from like the same 30 mile radius. Wouldn't you get out of that 30 mile radius then if you were Sarah? Like, I'm so confused on why she's at that drugstore. She does say later on, like, you know, um, someone asked her why she's not making a break for the border. And she basically is like, because that's what they'd expect me to do. No one's expecting me to like move around the commoners or whatever. It's weird. So Mimi's like, girl, they're looking everywhere for you. It's on radio. It's on TV. They already arrested two people. Um, that's I felt so bad for those two people, too. I was like, oof, that's going to suck. They um, arrested Jamie and the cop. Oh, okay. I was thinking civilians. No. That, like, they were like, you look kind of like The people coming. who aided and abetted her, those are the people that got arrested. They got time. Right. Along with her recapture. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, that cop went to jail, a piece of shit. She also tells Mimi, who, you know, for a long time was making those fake IDs. She says, I need an ID. Mimi's like, girl, I'm on parole. Like, I can't be doing this for you. I love Mimi, like, turning her life around. Yeah. Because Mimi That's was... what you should do when you go to jail. It's like, take an assessment of, like, what's important and then try to better yourself. It's not, like, to help your, like, 23-year-old sex pot friends. Well, that's a very optimistic view of a lot of times what happens in jail. <laughs> that's what, there's a lot of people that should do a lot of things, but um, Mimi seems to, especially for being the prison party girl, seems to have really like, you know, she's got a pink cardigan on. She's not fucking around. So Sarah's like, well, yeah, way better drugs out of prison though. That's what she's hoping on. You know, she doesn't want to go back there where she has to drink. Yeah. You know, day quill. Cafe karma. <laughs> yeah. So 
Um, she's like, I can get you an ID through my DMV guy, but they're not cheap. And Sarah's like, well, do you need jewelry to sell? Clothing? Sell your car. Whatever it is, like, you owe me. Um, that scared me because if we're flashing yeah. back to that that's scene, psychotic. that's not an, uh, a you owe her shit thing. Like that's not, this is not le- real leverage. Um, she's like, take me to your house then. And she's like, I have a boyfriend. I can't do that. And she's like, I slept on a bus last night. And like, this is supposed to be some sort of tor- turning point where Mimi is yeah. supposed to like bring her in after this. And I'm kind of like. You're getting spoiled way too quickly, girl. Like, yeah. you spent two weeks in solitary confinement. I would rather sleep on a bus than be in a prison in solitary confinement. I mean, I have a really good job, and sometimes I sleep on a bus because I'm traveling or whatever. It's like, yeah. we all sleep on a bus. Good for you. Yeah, and, like, it's it. the fact that she thought that Mimi, of all people, another hardened criminal, was going to feel bad for her about that, girl, please. Um, it's crazy when people think you owe them something. When really, like, no one owes anything anything. And if you don't want to do something out of the goodness of your heart, you shouldn't do it. There is no owing anything. And, like, right. that's Sarah's hard lesson she needs to learn. Right. that literally no one owes her anything. And she needs to just, like, you know, you can only depend on yourself. Yeah, so. I struggle with that. Because I don't – I never, like – I'm never out here trying to cash an emotional check. You're like, not entitled to gratitude. No, I know. You're really not. I know. It sucks. You want it, but it's, like, no one has to give it to you. Whether you think you deserve it or not, I know no one has to do that to you. But then it makes you not want to be generous towards anyone else. Yes, and that's I think why people become so bitter and closed off to people. That's a lot of the time. Actually, that's my deepest fear in life is becoming super, super cynical, and I just never want to be that. I never want to be that person that's like everyone's just. You should just assume they're lying. Yeah, you know, I'm. I I don't like to live like that, but. I guess some cynicism is good for you. I just like, that's where I'm like, dude, like. It's a fine line between naivety and cynicism. You gotta like live in the middle somewhere. I'm very naive. Yeah. I'm very naive. So. You're aware of it though. Um, but like not enough that it helps me. Like I'm never <laughs> just like. In hindsight. Do you know what I mean? I'm never like. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Mm, well, guys. this is my naivete kicking in. Yeah. It's like I look back and I'm like, well, that's because I'm, I'm still naive as fuck. Yeah. Um, so this is great because we get a good little like character actor scene. Um, we get to hear a little bit about Sarah inside the prison from Corinne, the vegetarian, and the superintendent. This is a real blockbuster moment for me. I love Corinne. No idea who she might contact or where she might be going. Sugar, I'm not even sure what white girl we're talking about. Y'all look alike to me. I'm glad she's gone. She deserves it. She's the most beautiful, real thing in here. She's my wife. It's funny. Because Spittler said they were in love, too. That's bull. She hated that man. He was screwing other girls before Sarah. That's why she picked him. But she didn't trust him. She kept the used condoms. As insurance. In case Spitman got any dumbass ideas. Where is she, Paula? Got no idea. She didn't tell me who was helping her on the outside. She didn't trust you. She was protecting me from a-holes like you. Sarah made me believe anything was possible. She loved me for who I am. Hmm. Never had to pretend with her. Sarah saved my life. 
Sarah was very popular with the other offenders. She did good things for a lot of them. They loved her. They'll help her now. I'm counting on it. I've been chasing fugitives for 16 years. First thing I'll do is reach back to family and friends. Either of these women have been released? Mimi Lund. Got out last year. Miss Lund? I don't know where Sarah is. I didn't mention Sarah Pender. You didn't have to. You're a cop. It's all over the news. So you want to protect her? Protect her? I'm scared to death of her. You're right. We can't do anything to jeopardize your release. No one can. Not till I get out. What are you saying? If anyone does anything to mess up my release, I will do what I have to to protect myself. Poisoned you? I know. Somebody put something in my food or drink. I want her back in prison. So she, I mean, she had access to like plenty of chemicals. As we know from both her cleaning job and laundry job. Is she eating a mini version of the giant version in her bag? I, so she's <laughs> I'm eating just some now noticing this as it's still. chips that seems to be a, a chip. The ones that she's eating now... They say pearls or something, and that also says pearls. Though. Yeah, she's a chip girl, but the, <laughs> aren't the ones that she's eating now, they look sort of like... Uh, like flaming hot Cheetos? I was going to say like an off-brand of like Takis or like those yeah. Andy something uh-huh. hot fries. I haven't had those in years. I don't think they sell them on the on the West Coast. I've never had those. Andy's Cap, Andy Cap's hot fries. Never I was terrified of them. of them as a child. Okay. They're like orange sticks. Huh. Um, but, yeah, so she's, like, cruising down the street now with some chips. Um, love this for her. Yeah. She has her blonde bob now that looks great. Uh, there's no way that's a bottled job, first there's of all. N- those are dimensions and highlights and, like, dimensions in her hair. There's no way. So She looks fucking hot right she there. She looks great. Holy shit. No bottle box job does no. that. But her, so I wish her my hair, blonde looked that good. If you notice, like, the hairline is, like, basically non-existent. Yeah, it's a wig, I think. Yeah, I think now it's a wig. Now that I'm looking wig. at it, I want that wig. I know, me too. <laughs> it's really cute. You'd look really cute as, like, a straight-haired blonde. Thanks. I've been that many, many times. Um, maybe I do that usually, huh. like, yeah, you once every two years. Yeah. Once every two years I go blonde. So it's a lot of work and it's a lot of money. Yeah. Um, Take it from me. So I like it right now though, because I dyed my hair back to my natural color and it's growing so fast. And I feel like I'm finally, like when I straighten it, my hair is like down to here and I never, I never get it that long. So um, she sees a U.S. Marshal like at the little like strip hotel. Yes. We all know whenever the doors are on the exterior of the hotel building, like that 
means that like there's murder that happens there. Oh, okay. That's my theory. I'm going to pay attention to that for future lifetime movies. Whenever I've, or life really. Cause like whenever <laughs> I was doing a, like I did a road trip last or two years ago to Texas. And uh-huh. so you wind up staying at a lot of hotels that have those exterior doors. Um, yeah. And, and I really was like, I've never stayed in a hotel like this. And I think it's because I know that this is where murder happens on TV. Hmm. Um, it doesn't feel super safe. Um, and guys, that's not me being like a snob. I'm from the East coast. So we don't have those, um, where I'm from really. So, cause everything's snowy and cold as hell. So she turns oh, and runs around just when she sees like the guy is there. Um, and he sure. touches a little bit of her in his peripheral. I'm surprised she didn't try to seduce him. I mean... It's a great move she didn't because he's, like, a real hard ass. But, like, I'm just a little bit surprised because she seems really confident in her, like, sexuality and, like, seduce, yeah. seductive prowess. I think she knows that there may be, like, um, some flirting potential in a negotiation, but that he's going to take her in I think no matter she does what. try it later, too. And he's she like, does. Yeah. Um... So Sarah goes to see Farrell. She gets to meet her daughter at the first for the first time, which yeah. her house is so it's fucking really nice. Sweet. I it's know. on like a beautiful piece of land. It all looks it's very like a like, backyard. Girl, it's nice. she went to Home Goods. It's like dreams. And she made that backyard a, like a, a spring summer wonderland. Yeah. Like, you know, she's got her nice little table out there. They've got some like barbecuing. Oh yeah. Farrell is a nice little, a nice little existence. She is a good mom. And, you, and in this scene, you kind of see where she says, like, what the fuck? I'm a good mom. And you're like, you're a good mom, That's actually. Exact, you're right. It's very satisfying payoff. Yeah. Because when we first met her, we didn't know she was even a dancer, which is, I think, a lot of She's people. She's wearing, like, a sundress with, like, a jean jacket. Like, she looks like any... She looks like a church mom. Girl on a summer day. Yeah. This is... She really defies... I will say to life. Couldn't tell she went to jail. For life... I lifetime they're defying some stuff here they're breaking stereotypes basically like she is an above the law sweet like housewife almost type person at home yep and she's a dancer and those two things can exist in the same world and a full service sex worker too not just a dancer yes so thank you lifetime for illuminating that um so Farrell's like basically she's like i need money and i need it any way i can get it and Farrell's like Sorry, girl. I do know this guy named Bob. Um, so I'm loving this so much. Um, Bob's hot. Bob is hot. Yeah. So, so sorry, my notes just fucking flickered up again. I don't. I've never had this happen. Kind of reminds me of like Bart from Gossip Girl that ends up marrying Serena's mom in the end a little bit. I wrote down a couple like descriptive words for him when I um, saw him. But first we have to go to, before we get to Bob, we have to go back to um, sort of the, the, what do they call it? Um, Sort of like the meat of the office at the police station where they're really doing the good detective work. Okay. And he's kind of downloading on one of his um, subordinates, the, the marshal saying, she's Gandhi, she's Manson, she's blonde, she's brunette, she's gay, she's straight, mm-hmm. she's an angel, she's the devil. She uses people and she gets them to do what she wants and then she discards them. Yeah, um, sociopath. So thank God for Mimi kind of shading that in because... 
every she he's never really heard these things about her until outside yeah, Mimi of Mimi's the case. only naysayer in the whole movie, actually. Besides the people who put her in jail in the first place. Like, thank God for Mimi because I think that kept him that yeah. kept him expanding his view. Um, totally. So they say they've got people everywhere. I laughed because they're like, we even got people stationed up in the Ozarks. And I was like, I don't even know where that is, but I know, like... There's a show about it. It's like fucking Appalachia, basically, right? I think so. I honestly have no idea. Um, he says they have a list of over 100 women that she could be using right now. And to be careful because she's in survival mode and she's got nothing to lose, which is... That's deep. So she gets to a hotel. She's wearing a cute dress. I'm, I'm thinking she got it from Farrell. Literally, Brittany would wear that dress for like a fashion show on her Instagram. Yes. It called to me like bandage dress. It's that Charlotte Russe yes. sort of, it's, it's a mall dress. Yes. It's, it's 100% a mall dress. It's got like red cutouts around the neck. Yeah. It, she looks pretty. Um, and she doesn't look trashy, although that is definitely a trashy She looks dress. like she's going to Vegas. Yes. That's what she looks like to me. Like she's just like, you know, a fun girl going to Vegas for the night with her friends to like go see Magic Mike. Totally. So she gets to the hotel. He says, you must be Ashley. You must be Bob. He closes the door. We hear from behind the door. It was 400. Whoa, you're not in a hurry, are you? So we know this is a $400 date, which I thought was kind of a low ball. They're in Indiana. Yeah. So it's cheap there. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You're right. So Bob looks like a TV dad. I wrote this. 400 bucks if you're broke is pretty good. Oh, yeah, if you're broke, you know, like that's a lot of money. I'm not trying to be a Sarah, but I just also was like, I see this beautiful young woman and this guy that looks kind of wealthy and like this really nice hotel. And I'm thinking, for an hour though, probably. Right. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't think it's for the whole night, but I think she makes it the whole night because she's like, oh, hotel room, this is really nice. She don't got no choice. Yeah. So I wrote for some reason he looks like a dad from an oatmeal commercial to me. Okay. Or a young grandpa that's kind of hot. Yeah. Like, did you watch Gossip Girl? I didn't. Oh, okay. So there's this, like, hot stepdad governor. I don't know if he's a governor. He's, like, a politician type that comes in and, like, marries one of the moms. And, like, he's got that, like, silver fox, I'll take care of you, but I have a whole past, don't look into it type of, like, deal. Okay. Actually, yeah. he is hot. and his He's name's- pretty hot. And I don't even like old men, to be honest. My boyfriend's, like, way younger than me. He's in, um, <laughs> his name's Andrew Arley, and he was in Fifty Shades of Grey. I've never once seen that movie or read the books, and I don't think I ever will. I think he played the, I think because his last name is Grey, he also, he played Christian's dad. I saw the first one in the theater with Ed, like, on a yeah. edible. Was it on, good? Like, Valent- <laughs> edible? Yeah, it was Valentine's Day, and we were, like, laughing so no, hard. You, like, like ruined we it just, for like, some, like, really, housewives. Really trying to get our giggles contained. No, I mean, there were other people giggling, but one <laughs> of these women who's just, like, horned up, she says to, like, her friend who's, like, listening to us giggle, she goes, it's because they've never been married. And I was like, How oh, sad. my God, that is so true. Like, you're right. This is This is really hot for you because... You're one of them. You're one of those people like it's, is, that needs the horniness of this. That makes me want to, like, 
not have a marriage like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's a really sad story you're telling me. I mean, I'm, I, it seems like she I does love her husband. I think it's also for people who've never read real erotica also, because there's actual sure. real erotica out there that's really good, and it's like not Twilight fan fiction. Yeah, and also Fifty Shades of Grey, from what I, what I remember of it, I was like, this is very zero to 60. <laughs> yeah, like, sure. There was a, like, it went from like, you know, this is like a spanking paddle. It's just like, I don't know, like getting chained to the wall and shit like that. And I'm like, this is very like one yeah. of the seems like the introductory box from adamandeve.com. And this one seems like, I don't know what. Like it's for some... people who link kink into like one big basket. Totally. By the way, I feel like there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of interesting borderline kink stuff that's happening throughout this entire movie. I noted that even like, just the public sex again. that she exhibits is a kink for sure. Like her having sex against the frat house, that's definitely up there. And everything we're sure. about to see with Bob is one hundred percent a kink for Bob. Um, sure, he's really playing with fire, and I don't know why. Because he, it's a he's fucking risking kink. it all for this chick. He did not slow it's down. It's wild. He lists his wife as her reference. Yeah. It's so crazy to me. Yeah, Bob yeah. wanted to get caught. It, he must have wanted out of his marriage secretly because like it's wild. I don't know. It's I don't understand his motivation at all besides the fact that she's like stunningly gorgeous, which I get. And she uh, must have I a perfect s- pussy, but I like don't know why <laughs> You would bring her into your business and use your wife as a reference to her. I'll tell you it's why. It's crazy. I'll tell you why. There's a line that, that kind of, to me, said everything. And I do think that there's an underlying kink. I, I do also think there's a big level of self-sabotage here where almost like he's hesitant at one point much later to leave his wife, but he says that she'll take millions. And part of me was like, you would okay. rather burn the family down yeah. and have no millions than just give her the millions. You know, asshole. some people are like, like oddly like that. So Farrell gets to the club to do her shift at night at night. And a cop is showing two dancers a picture. Um, she realizes like they're, they're questioning people and Farrell gets back in the car. She calls Sarah on her cell phone. Um, where Sarah has been eating like a prisoner, literally. Like she's like hunched over her plate, like yeah. shoveling salmon into her mouth. He says he's been married for <laughs> 35 years to life. Um, little jail, little prison joke. He doesn't know that she intimately knows the details of this. Yeah. And he says um, to her, you know, <laughs> that. what's your deal? She's like, actually, I'm still married. My husband's a cop. Um, we used to be crazy in love. And then he got crazy with jealousy and he even used to hit me a lot. Um, I really know how to pick them. And he seems very like softened by this. Like he's like almost sure, he's like, a white knight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, Farrell on the cell phone though. She says that she's afraid that the cops already know that she helped. Um, Sarah says, no, 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 no. Half of Rockwell has worked at the strip club. Um, I'm starting to get these sort of fill in the small town vibes a lot more too. Um, Farrell says that she can't come like under no cir- circumstances can Sarah come back to her place, but good luck. So, um, this is where, you know, we're going to start to see the, the beginnings of Sarah and Bob. Uh, 10251 to 10608. Hey, everything okay? I might need a place to lay my head tonight. Well, consider yourself home, baby. 
sunshine cup for years. Soak away. We've got all night. Still wearing clothes? And your face is all over TV. You're Sarah Bender. I believed you were in trouble. I am in trouble. No, not what they say I am. What did you do? You're gonna kill me? No, we're good, thank you. Just let me go. You can keep your money. I don't want my money. I want you. I know I should have called the cops right afterwards. I should have told them about Rick. But I did more than enough time for that one mistake. I wasn't about to do anymore. Betty, your wife? Well, what are you gonna do now? My plans are fluid. Let me help you. I'll book the room for another night. I can come here after work tomorrow. And after that? If you really want to help me, help me get a job. A good job that pays cash. Shouldn't you be thinking about trying to leave the country? They'll be expecting me to run. Getting a job is about the last thing anyone expects me to do. You got any skills? Any other skills? Accounting, the second oldest profession. In high school, I did the books and payroll for my father's landscaping business. What do you do? Paper goods, distribution, my own hopping supplies. So that's like what? Napkins, cups, plates. Very good. That's cool. <laughs> you really are something else. And most women don't care about what I do. I get it. It's not very sexy business. But it's made me rich. Which is sexy. You must be able to think of something I can do with my skills. Her name's Ashley. Bob is like very, very into this. And he says something to the effect of, um, for years and years, like none of the girls, none of the cheerleaders in high school would ever take a look at him. But like, look at him now. He's with America's most wanted woman. It's so sad. I wrote in my notes. He's so sad talking about how sad he was in high school. I and- mean, that informs a lot to me. Mm-hmm. And like, also just, you know, there's a little, that has to be a kink there where you're, you know, it's the only woman on America's most wanted list. She's beautiful. She, they're both getting off on the notoriety. She likes it too. Yes. And I think that like, I don't know whether or not he believes that she did it. I really don't know. And I don't know if I ever will know, but I definitely, I definitely think that this, I buy pretty much everything that happens based on that sentiment. Um, 
So Jamie's being interviewed by the news now. She's been arrested and they're trying to basically like pit her against Sarah in any way possible. They're saying you and two other dudes are in prison, but she's not. And Jamie says that Sarah is a beautiful person who deserved to get out and she loved her enough to let her go. They say, um, do you care if she kills again? And she says she's not a killer. Her story never changes. Um, Bob calls her into the hotel room to like catch a sneak peek of this. Because he's like getting, he's completely getting off on this. This is fun for them. He's this is like him dating a pop star for him. Yeah. Yeah. He's very turned on by the fact that he's harboring America's most wanted. Um, so she's a convicted murderer. This is what they're saying on TV. Um, I think it might even be the Marshall saying this. She's a convicted murderer. She uses people. She gets ordinary people to do horrible things. And then she flushes them down the toilet, just like those two bodies down in the dumpster. So he turns to her, Bob turns to her and says, so I'm average baby. And she goes, you're not that special. And then he starts going down on her while she watches the rest of America's Most Wanted and smiles. He's trying to prove that he's really special. I'm like, this is like, what part of you is like, you're not reacting to this. Like, it's very, it was very, um, it was sinister and chilling. Mm -hmm. So Sarah's dad is opening up a box in his apartment. It's the burner phone with a note that says, dear daddy, I'll miss you so much. I'll call you on this phone when I can. S. Then we cut back to Bob in the hotel room. He's looking through a brochure and, um, she's like, what do you think of Bali? And he's like, well, you can get a better cup of coffee there than you can in Rome. Um, and she goes, and they have no extradition law with the United States. So they're planning on taking, you know, they're making a break for it. And, um, she goes, by the way, to Jerry, Jerry is the guy that Bob was able to use to get the job for, get the job at his company. He's, he does wind up getting her a job and they just go in and they say, you know, um, this is my wife's cousin. She's having a tough time right now. Can we just pay her off the books? Like, we'll give her, pay her out of petty cash. And Jerry's like, totally. It's a bad sign if you have to be paid out of petty cash. Right. I mean, she can't be making more than $10 an hour. I don't know. Still, though, like, that's not what petty cash is for. And, like, that's not cool. <laughs> no. And yeah. she basically is like, why should we trust Jerry? He's like, Jerry? He's like, he's my right man, 15 years. So he really trusts Jerry. So she, when she says this to him, she knows this has to be a massive hit. Mm-hmm. And she goes, um, did Jerry tell you about the discrepancy I found in the books? And then she says something to the extent of, which, by the way, I didn't understand any of this, but 50% of your payroll tax um, remittance is money withheld from employee pay. Yeah, so like Jerry's taking that extra money that's being held from employee pay and then just cashing it in on for himself. Yeah, she says these are wage exemptions, time. not uh, payroll. Jerry's been writing them off as payroll expenses. Yeah. So then he reacts to this in a strange way. Like he's not devastated to hear this. Um, which I would just weird because he owns the business. I would be, I mean, especially if I thought this guy was like, first like, of all, he's the only person standing in between his wife knowing about this. And also like, if I thought someone was like my boy, like my dependable boy, which yeah. who it always is. It's I've seen enough 2020 to know. Um, she says she showed Jerry the mistake. Um, and as long as they pay, pay all their back taxes, they won't be audited. Um, and then she's like, you know what? Maybe I should do the books at all your offices. And he says that she can't, that his wife is on the board and she can't find out about what's going on with them. And do you think that's because his wife has more money than he does? And so he's like a, 
a schlub to his wife. Like, that's why. Maybe. Because why is she on the board? I mean, I think they started it together. Sometimes they bring in, like, they bring in friends and family. Like, a lot Hmm. of boards, especially of, like, self-made companies, are stacked with, like, friends and family. And then they go out and find, like, a couple, like, more legitimate. That was mostly investors. Impartial. Right. But... Um, sometimes you give shares to people on the board. She says, you know what? I love what, I love what we have together, but you're aiding and abetting a fugitive and we need to figure out a long-term plan. Otherwise they're just playing a dangerous game of house. So she's kind Which of exactly what he's him. doing. Yeah. No, that <laughs> actually, called him out. <laughs> that sat with me because I, I think whenever I hear the expression play, oh, we're playing house, mm-hmm. like, you know, or something else. It really think diminishes it, the relationship. I never have, I, I've never realized how completely derogatory it is. Mm-hmm. But I'm it like, is. you really are no different than two kids being like, I'll be the mom. I'll be the dad. Like, mm-hmm. it really is. I was. She called him out. I don't think I've had a revelation like that since Dirty, since Dirty Little Secret. Damn, that's saying a lot for you, Maltz. Yeah, because sometimes I just don't realize the impact of where it has. So Sarah's like looking at Corinne's mugshot on her work computer. Mm-hmm. Oddly enough, Jerry approaches. Um, he's like, so I spoke to Bob about the error that you uh, told him about, and I decided to do some digging too. There is no cousin Ashley. Should we call the wife? Um, basically she's like, you know what? Bob's wife, a board member would love to hear about how you've been cooking the books over here for all these years. So he basically relents. He walks away from the whole thing. Um, she, she knows her shit girl. So Sarah's She's great at a power balance. Oh my God. I'd like, she's so present too. Mm -hmm. Like that's maybe the most eerie part is that there's nothing. She's not like, she's never like away with the fairies. You never like walk in and like, or like, what could she be thinking about? Like at all times, her ears are perched mm-hmm. and waiting to, and has the right thing to say to She's it. like improv. Yeah. Wow. Um, so Sarah's dad meets with the U.S. Marshal. Um, plot twist for me. I didn't expect that. So he tells him that her mom left when she was just three years old. And he went and like basically picked her up that day and then never stopped spoiling her. Never took, you know, she was the type of kid, never took no for an answer. Um, she always wanted more, more, more. The Can you Marshall- imagine what a brat she'd be as a kid? Probably. Insufferable. Insufferable. Mm-hmm. But like, I feel like if if you're like this man that like kind of like inherited a daughter you weren't taking care of before the mom bounced, like. But then I also wrote, we could all take lessons from Sarah on getting other people to prioritize making us happy. Sure, <laughs> sure. God, I need to learn some shit from you, girl. I'll tell you what. I was looking at her, being like, "Wow, she's really good at getting what she wants." I know. Actually, you guys, I don't know if I've talked about the fact that I'm a crypto bitch now on this podcast. That oh, yeah. I love my crypto coins. I'm a crypto head, and Jenna was the first person who I knew who was like, "Yeah, it's like." You know, I mean, you you have a lot more in like this whole game than I do, but I just started earlier. I actually have no other knowledge. Yeah, it's We're really the same in that. it's really like I've I've gained some knowledge recently, hmm. but I have learned by just putting in like twenty five bucks, and then I think it was like fifty bucks was like kind of sort of my initial buy in, and I bought a bundle, and then I learned at from there, like watching it, the volatility of it, and when I say that cryptos. Wild, it is I wild. Mean, it changes it's every the wild second. Mm-hmm. It's every and second. There's no um, stock market hours, so it's 24 hours. I completely understand, like how people wind up maniacs. Sure, 
over this and also how how a lot of like sober people get into it because this is like the mm, most like dopamine mm-hmm. like just it hits you man hmm. anyway never invest more than you're willing to lose uh that's it's a good rule in general emotionally financially yes exactly so when his when her dad's fucking ratting her out, um, the marshal's like, "Do you think that Sarah's capable of the crimes that she was convicted for?" And he says, "No, but that when faced with survival mode, she is capable of anything." So that's intense for your dad to say that about you um, in this context. So the marshal pours over uh, her highlighted law book, and he finds a pic of Farrell's kids in the pages and puts it on his board. Um, the burner phone that apparently her, her dad gave over to the marshal rings and Sarah calls and he sets in right away. He like goes into the phone and sets like a tracking feature, which definitely did not exist standard on a sidekick or whatever back then. But this is how they're kind of telling us about tracking in this movie. Let's play one twelve oh four to one fourteen eighteen. Who is this? U.S. Marshal Harlan. Don't hang up. How did you get this phone? Your dad. He has nothing to do with this. You dragged him into it when you sent him the phone. That's why he called me. He called you? Yeah. Real nice man. Leave my father alone. You're killing him, Sarah. Shut up! Shut Tell me where you are. I'll bring you in. Do it for your father. Must be pretty frustrating, Marshal Harlan. He got pretty close to me at that motel. Never since then, I'll even shooting our blinks. Whoever's helping you, they know you're a killer. I'm not a killer. So your two roommates shot themselves. Rick is an idiot. If I wanted to kill someone, I wouldn't have shot them in my living room and then dumped their bodies around the corner. Then why didn't you call the cops? Because I was scared. I just saw my boyfriend kill Drew. Yeah, that would scare anyone. I get it. You saw your boyfriend shoot True, then you saw him shoot. What was her name? I didn't see Rick shoot Trish. I wasn't there. You just said. They got a weak hit on two towers off I-80 between Gary and Toledo. She's been in the Midwest the whole time. Get on it. Fender just let us slip that she saw her boyfriend kill Drew. She's always claimed she wasn't in the house when the killings occurred. Well, does it really matter? It's the first slip-up she's made. When she does it again, I'm going to be there. calling you all night. Hey, what's wrong? Everything. U.S. Marshal's gotten to my dad. Jerry knows I'm not your cousin. I'll handle Jerry. I can't do this with you anymore. All this hiding and pretending I need to find someone who can commit to a future with me. Listen, I'm that guy, okay? We'll start over. I'm going to make you happy, sir. I promise. So Bob has now rented her an apartment, and it's pricey. It looks like a really nice apartment. in Chicago, right? Yeah, it's like downtown Chicago. Um, Dream. And um, he tells her, you know, she's like, I love it so much. She's like, do you want to go upstairs? And he's like, actually, I can't. My wife is expecting me for dinner. Um, And she doesn't take this well for someone who's known that he's been married the whole time. He was also a literal sex worker. That's like how they met. Right. (laughs) And and I, I mean, I just 
I don't like this look for her because I know that she's on a time schedule here. She's really got to like get shit done. But I don't like this look for her because I feel like this is almost like stereotypical loving levels of annoying. And like this is going to push him away potentially. Okay. There's a lot of threatening going on on her end. And like a lot of subtle pointing out that he is just as guilty as she is right now. Aiding and abetting. She threw that on him last time. I mean, she's not wrong. So she She's got to make a power play. Right, exactly. And so she... She's about to try. So she points out that, um, you know, she can't marry. He's like, I can't marry a fugitive. And she's like, you can't marry anyone unless you get divorced. True. Um, and he's like, well, Betty could take me for millions. And she's like, well, maybe there's another solution. And it's like, girl, Ugh. don't do this again. Don't. We don't need to bring. I hate a man who kills his wife. Like, there's nothing more cowardly than, like, hiring a hitman to kill your wife because you can't afford to get divorced. I like, get it together. I equal. I might. The only thing I might hate more is, so like, annoying. a woman convinced, like, getting a guy that is so over his marriage. Yeah. And so cowardly. Coward, though. That's, like, the that key it takes, word. That it literally takes the encouragement of his side piece basically to kill his wife like which is like you know then once you marry her she's gonna kill you right i don't think that was see i this is where i think sarah's a little bit like more manipulative than i would i would have given other previous lifetime people credit for because it does I don't think he would have ever even thought of killing his wife he would not he's a he's a nice guy he's just Misled. He's misled. And, and like has low self-esteem. Yes. Yeah. Probably should not be married. Um, so his wife, I feel like is an alpha because he's like really beta. Yeah. And even though he's like a business owner and the CEO of whatever business he does, like his wife's like on the board. She doesn't have to work, but she's still calling the shots. Like that's the position she's taken. So it's not but surprising that, well, I mean, because she's also like the, we're gonna see her. She drives in a Cadillac, so you know she's serious. She the the amount of resentment and hatred she openly has towards him is the kind that I feel like he, we see him tip a t- <laughs> Sorry, we see him tiptoe around her, but it's mm. because he knows he's done so much wrong shit, right? And like they are in such a that like bad resentment phase like there's I'm not sure even she sees him as like a weak person 100 there's no way she gives can respect in, him gives in too easily but then also i feel like she must feel like shit because she's not leaving him when she's got these millions to take i think she just is like who knows how old their kids are too it's hard to leave somebody um it is it's really you have to be pretty brave to break up with somebody honestly. even when you know they're cheating on you yeah it's it's hard to change your life so, um, Marshall's talking to She's Rick. the victim in all this, his wife. I agree. <laughs> Her and the, and the lesbian. These vegetarian. are the ones that are, that are un, like, always unsung to me in these movies. Mm-hmm. There's always, like, someone that's getting fucked over than more than anyone else, and they're never really, like, recognized for taking that hit. Yeah. Um, that's, like, a very, I would love if they did a Lifetime movie about, what happens to like the side? People. I hope he went to jail for aiding and abetting. I don't know what happened to him, but I hope he went to jail. Yeah, yeah. We didn't get. We don't get to. We see never him get find arrested. out. But in my heart, he's doing time. 
Um, so Marshall talks to Rick outside of the prison. Yes, we get to meet Rick again. Rick has been in prison for many, many years at this point. Um, this is one of the, t- like, things when we were talking about SIGs in jail. So, like, he's outside smoking a SIG while he's talking to the marshal. And he has the same haircut as he did when he got arrested. Yes, exactly. I like that he's true to his style. Yeah. And the way that he's smoking the cigarette, he's sort of standing outside away from the other prisoners in a way that you could only be with, if you're with, like, a U.S. marshal. So I know that they, like, gave him the cigarette, like... Yeah, you know, to put like, him at ease and like give him some incentive to talk. Yeah, yeah. Which, if that was the case, if I was in prison, take me out to talk about anything anytime of day. Oh, I'd start like, smoking I'd again it. if I was in prison for sure. So he says that basically the only thing that Sarah ever gave him was an affidavit. She still blames him that for that forged letter that got she her 110 should. years. Yeah. He straight up did that. He and the Wikipedia said that he took letters that she'd written him that were separate uh-huh. and gave them to his roommate and his roommate had more female handwriting. And so he got him to like write these letters for him and that both of their, their handprints were on the letters, but hers were not. So it's okay. like, it is proven that like he did that. I mean, I believe that he says basically like he did this to save his ass from the needle. Right. And he says that basically, um, he, he needed his defense to make her into the monster to save yeah. him, but he at least she her. didn't get away with it. And I wrote, with what here? You know what I Get mean? Get away with, with what? Aiding and abetting his murder? And he goes, her, right. and he says, he says, it's her role, getting away with her role in it. Yeah. Um, what a piece of shit. We've never, he does, but she did have a role in it. But like, just fucking take your medicine. You literally right. shot your friends in the face with a shotgun? Right. Go to jail. Right. Sorry. But also, who knows if she... You know, I mean, we don't... Sometimes there can even just be situations when you know someone's, like, more fucked up than you. And, like, if, let's say they were both, like, doing drugs or whatever all night, and she knew that he was really fucked up... It's, like, like, not my fault you're a weak person. I'm so sorry. But egging him (laughs) on to to kill the people that were her problem was, I thought, pretty, like, that's... I mean, if, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, is it the person who's giving the peer pressure or is it the person who's caving into the peer pressure? Who's the, who's the perpetrator? In I that? mean, I think that I don't even know. it, they even give innocent parties who didn't, or parties that did not realize they were driving a getaway car, they even give them like sentencing. Like, so yeah. even just being, um, she need 110 years though. An what, accomplice. How about seven years? Accomplice, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Um, accomplice or yeah. obstruction of justice or something like that. Or like, this I don't is know. like, you know, the patriarchy was fucking raging hard, especially this was only in 2000, very early 2000s. So the patriarchy is raging hard. And he said that basically they needed that sort of letter basically in order to, um, make her in, like to the monster, which, I do think that she would have slipped by. Yeah. And I don't think she deserved to slip by either. Um, but, you know, he's smoking and the marshal says something I hate where he goes, ease up, those things will kill you. And he goes, not soon enough. You know, I was happy with what we had. Sarah always wanted more. And the marshal says, fancy cars, jewelry. And he goes, Sarah, t- you kidding? No, she wanted a family, a big family. It was always about kids for her, six or seven kids. She wanted to give them the childhood she didn't have. 
And there's like a pause between them. And he goes, doesn't fit the picture of Sarah in your mind. So Marshall like gets, you know, he gets sour about this. And he's like, all right, just I'm done here. Calls the guard. He leaves. So then Marshall gets to his office again. And he calls, um, he tells his assistant to call Rockwell and see if anyone in her world had three daughters. Kids are very important to her. Who are they? It does make sense, though, that she does want kids and that she's so focused on money both because she probably had, like, no money growing up and realized that, like, if right. you had money, you could have a good childhood. And so, like, I, I can see kind of that correlation in between wanting a lot of money and getting a good education and wanting a good job and being able to provide for her kids. I mean, pretty much anywhere you live, no one all is all one thing. Like it's very rare that like everyone in town is perfectly middle or lower middle class. Like you always have these examples. I have a cousin who's a lot like that. Like she's a big dreamer. And I think it's because she just is always like, she's seen these things and wants them. Yeah. And, and I have, I, I mean, I guess we all have that element to us, but there are some people where it's just, it's such a driving force for them to not be seen or not live in a struggle. Yeah. Um, to the extent that they would rather go, like, just be like full blown bougie, not even just like comfortable, yeah, you yeah. know? Or like go into debt pretending to be. Because it sounds like her than they are. dad tried. Like, gave her a nice little life for herself. Her dad's blue-collar, though. He can't give her, like, the white-collar horse girl dreams that she, like, dreams about, you know? Horse girls. Yes. No, she was not a horse girl. No. But she wants to be. You can tell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, She's probably really jealous of everyone at college. Oh, I mean, I think for sure. And that was another reason why I think I was surprised that there wasn't some tension between her and her roommate. Yeah. Because... I, I was very lucky to get a great scholarship at a, a school that my family has gone to for many years. So, like, there was probably that was involved in, like, getting financial aid. Because I also was from a single-parent home, which is very rare at my school. But the culture at my school was, like, that was – you didn't really know a lot of kids that had to work full-time jobs in addition to going to school. There it's was a private more- college, right? Private college, yeah. yeah. They're Boston College, like Jesuit school as well. There was okay. one couple that was actually married. They really? got married at like eighteen and nineteen and lived off campus, so that they could live off campus. Um, no, so. like they just they there was no way they were living together at school, but like they got dorm. married incredibly young. Okay, but for the most part, like people didn't deviate from being a four year student. Hmm. Um, you may have a boyfriend or girlfriend. You may not. You stick with your group of friends. Hmm. Um, you might go abroad, but like you're in yeah. the abroad program with like everyone else. So in a way, like if someone did take a semester off, it was kind of weird. Yeah. And, and I, I, that's a very like privileged also time. I'm pre-recession. I graduated directly into that recession in 2006. Good for you. So I job know. opportunities for you. Apparently my gen, my <laughs> class, my school year of graduation, we are the um, second most fucked generation in like history. I think wow. the 2007 kids had it a little bit worse. Interesting. But I moved out to LA, so I feel like... graduated in 2009? Yeah. Yeah, It took five and a half years. I went to a commuter school, though. I went to JC, and then I went to, like, SF State, which is, like, a commuter school. So you don't notice if anyone's there or not there. There's no sororities on campus. No one lives on campus, really, except for, like, freshmen. Like, I didn't really notice anyone that wasn't in my direct dance program. 
Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I could see in a smaller private school where you all are on community campus and you're all in a community together and like how it would be really, um, obvious if all of a sudden someone who was very gregarious, like she seems, would right. just not be there anymore. So beautiful and gregarious, like exactly who like, had good weed all the time. Mm-hmm. And then they just weren't there. Like, exactly. Yeah, I'd wonder. Um, I knew one girl who it was really sad. She got like, she just started smoking so much weed. Sure. And she was like a nursing student and she failed out of the nursing program and like wound up leaving. And it just was, That's sad. it was shocking. To something me. must have happened to her. I, I agree. There's, I think something yeah. must have. And then additionally, she was like self-medicating probably with the weed. Right. And then, um, what was the other thing I was going to say? Boston College didn't have Greek, but we had, we did have like, I was in my sketch comedy group. Like you were like involved in a secondary activity okay. that was like a club. Yeah, yeah. It was your definition in school. Um, so we're at a pretty big party at Farrell's house now. Um, she does very well. I wrote uh, again here. Um, Marshall pulls up to the party, introduces himself. He's looking for Sarah Pender. She says that she has no idea. He tells her that he knows Sarah helped keep the kids, um, and that it would be a shame to lose them. And Farrell's like, listen, um, I know that I'm just like an ex stripper to you, but to these girls, I'm a mom and I owe that to Sarah. Um, basically like kind of saying like, I don't want to throw her under the bus, but like also at the same time. You kind of want to risk it all. But like, it's, it's kind of like a non thing that she says. It's like an and statement as, as opposed to like a but. Like, it's hmm. very weird. So he tells her, you know, if you spill where she is, you'll get out of this unscathed. Um, she looks back at her girls and then she just like gives in apparently because now we're at the fancy exterior of Bob's suburban home. I wrote, this is a million dollar house I mean, for sure. Can you believe cops when they say that? Don't you want to get that in writing before you actually give them the, the news that you're yeah. going to give them. Like, yeah. Why would she believe some guy saying like, Oh, don't worry about it. You've got immunity. I mean, it seems so stupid to me. Well, I think that, well, if you want my actual answer, yeah. I think that she's a single mom in a socioeconomic situation who knows that she's wearing a scarlet letter for a variety of reasons, sure. you know, not Ex-con, just con I mean, sex worker. Yeah. It can, a lot of times it can be just single mom. It can be strange enough to be a single mom of three children. True. We don't know who the father is, but Sounds like, tough. Yeah. And so in a way, like, I think, I think my mom, who was a, an honest working woman house cleaner with no criminal record that I know of, I don't think that, I think that she would have kind of buckled too. I often buckle around the police just because, you know, intimidating. Yes. And like, (laughs) there's no, that there's no sort of like, you're not going to win a fight with the police officer. And oftentimes, um, you know, I see people be very bold about this. And like, thankfully, a lot of times it's like, or thankfully, ironically, I don't know how I want to use that word, but like, that's a lot of times it's like older white guys that like really are like tuned into like the NPR situation and are very like, kind of like leftist guys that are like, they know their rights and they will exercise them mm-hmm. in front of the cops to like prove a point. Right. And I'm so impressed by that, but I almost feel like, like in 99 problems, like Jay-Z says, like, you know, the guy, like cops will think you're like, you know, you've got something even more suspicious going on for knowing your rights. And like, that's kind of what I, 
I would be negotiating but in my head. But also, they couldn't look in his trunk because it was locked. So, but they're gonna call the dogs. I mean, that's true. That's um, true. And like that's that's the you know that's the whole thing where it's like sometimes I wonder what's better is knowing your rights or you know giving a statement. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it's tough. So we, Bob's house is really, really nice. He's washing his hands and then he goes into his vanity and he finds like little, um, jars of codeine, which we know that he, we know that codeine is like what Sarah's kind of had her eye on in terms of helping, um, him with an overdose or something for his wife. Um, his wife is like cutting. It does make you sleepy. Right. And I, and when she was Depending looking it up on, on her chemistry. computer, yeah. um, like it said like six codeine will kill you. And I was like, that seems really does that seem low to me. Right. Yeah. Um, so I've only wife, taken liquid codeine though. So I don't really know how right. many is in a pill. I don't think I've whatever. taken it since like a surgery. So his wife sees him in the beautiful, like, or his wife, um, is out in the beautiful garden She's cutting roses. She barely even looks up at him when he comes out. And she's she, sick of his shit. Yeah, she's like, um, let's just play the scene because it's um the the tension's thick. When did you get home? Dinner won't be ready for a while yet. Open one of those Napapinos you like. What's the occasion? We didn't used to need one. Bob Hopner, right? Yeah. Hey. Hey, I know you. How do I know you? Well, maybe you saw me on TV. America's Most Wanted. Sean Harlan, U.S. Marshals, Fugitive Recovery Task Force. Right. Where is she, Bob? Who? I, I don't know what you mean. Sarah Pender. I can handcuff you right now, take you inside and do this in front of your wife. My wife's not home. But that's Betty's car right there. I ran the registration. So... Should we include Mrs. Hopner in this conversation? Okay, look. I spent one night with Sarah a few months ago, okay? Look, I'm out on the road a lot. I sometimes like to party with women. Hey, that was it. It was a few months ago, and I haven't seen her since. She didn't tell you who she was or what she'd done? No. No, I man, I didn't realize until I saw her face on that most wanted show why didn't you call the show you could have collected the reward yeah uh i'm not sure how i would have explained that one to the wife right you're a lucky man most people who come into contact with sarah pender end up dead or in jail well i make my own luck marshall thanks for your time bob eric and jackass he knows where pender is that's why i'm gonna let him lead us to her how many cell lines does he have? He's got three. First one seems strictly business, mainly nine to five. But the third one never calls his home line or his wife's cell. Lots of calls to Muncie up until a month ago. Recent activity is all in the Chicago area. I'm going to Chicago. Stay up on all his lines. Her outfit's so non-sequitur. It's like a w- outfit, like a blouse you'd wear to work. And then like a church sweater. 
Yeah, she's got a lot that's a going weird, that's on a weird outfit. here. It's like it's. I can't tell if she's going for a look or trying to just drape herself beyond recognition. But unfortunately, what happens next is um. I will I will say this though about the Bob scene quickly. I wrote that the detective shit in this like. This isn't the Bob scene. This is when the guy, the 14-year-old who works at the police station with him is downloading him on, like, the details. I wrote, the detective shit in this is basically, like, Diet SVU, which really makes me think that it's not bad, but maybe this is actually really, like, just a bad movie. Because SVU is kind of, like, it's not as sophisticated as I thought when I started watching it in college. Can be. Depends on the season. It's true. It's depend on the season. They're coming back around. The for Robin me. Williams one is sophisticated. It's um, a great. Episode. Barba was also the best character in the history of the show. God bless. It's true. Very attracted to Barba. I love so him. I wrote, did Bob kill her already? Because he keeps like a lot of composure when he's speaking to this U.S. Marshal. If like potentially he murdered his wife 24 hours earlier. So I'm guessing she didn't. Um, Sarah walks down the street in this strange outfit, this little hodgepodge outfit she's wearing, and this guy spots her and he goes, you're on TV, right? Like some sort of reality show or something? And she's like, no. And he keeps looking back. He like knows her from somewhere. Um, Sarah calls Bob and she's like, listen, I can't wait to be happy with you. Just like call me when you're on your way. The marshal's pissed because his office is, like, moving slow for some reason today. Like, they didn't know that they already had the warrant that they could give the cell phone carrier to give to, um, like, to get the to get all the details they needed for the case. So they're, like, behind, and I think they're just showing us that to get us to see that they're behind. America's Most Wanted airs. The host is giving his rankings of his favorite fugitives of the year, um, <laughs> which seems amazing. like very, it seemed very dark to so me like until crass. I realized like, yeah. oh, I love my favorite murders. So like maybe it's similar to that, but yeah. like the guy from America's Most Wanted doing this seems a little strange. <laughs> so he says, Sarah Pender, a fugitive wanted for double murder and the only woman on, woman on the list is one of his faves. I remember her being on the list. Cause it's I a do not have deal. any memory of this real life story happening at all. When women enter the list, it's kind of like, there's always a little like news blip about yeah. it because it's just so, it's so rare that they would be on one. Um, the phone rings. Um, she asked for Bob. It's Marshall. They get a ping on the cell tower that they needed. Sarah's smart, and she starts packing up right away. There's a knock at the doors from the gas company, but it's not from the gas company. They're meter reading. Um, so when she goes to open up the door, they're like, Sarah Joe Pendler? She goes, you got me. Um, where's Marshall Harland? Um, she wants to know where it's Marshall like, is. She assumes that they're behind it, and the guys are like, who? So she like looks back, and she's like, oh, shit. Like This isn't a Marshall job? So now that we know, like, that that Marshall is not responsible for this arrest, yeah. of course, right away, your mind goes to, oh, my God, it's that guy who thought she was from reality TV. And sure enough, it is. So her neighbor, um, they said in Wikipedia. Yeah. So Sarah greets Marshall very smugly, like criminals do only in movies when, like, the detective walks in and they're like, yeah. they've got you. I feel like Jodi Arias also did that in yes. real life. Yeah. And she goes, uh, must have sucked you weren't the one to arrest me. I mean, good for her. Yeah. Honestly, I love that for her. Again, it's all about the presence of mind of these people that fascinates she me. She really knows how to either please them or get under their skin. But totally. Like, she's really good at reading people. Because if I was... In that position, I would just be, I'd be a mess. I'd be I'd a crying. blithering mess. Yeah. I'd be hysterical. I'd be apologetic. Sure. I'd just be, 
I'd be hollowing myself out emotionally. So um, he says to her, sometimes it takes a village. So, which is another Hillary Clinton title of her book. Two Clinton references in this movie. We say it about raising my dog all the time. Um, So. I could not do it by myself. (laughs) So unless you're like me and basically uh, your dog won't let anyone else take care of them. So. I know. No, um, she'll go to anybody. That's so sweet. Um. So there's some news footage of Sarah being arrested. We're going to see this. Um, there's also, we're going to see in this next clip that you guys won't, um, a hilarious shot of Bob and his wife watching this on the news. Okay. His wife's just like kind of glaring at him. He's staring straight forward as if he got like paralyzed to death in bed. And they're on <laughs> other sides of this king bed. Like, I, it, very far apart. You, you can't get more. He was probably one of his ass cheeks was like riding the edge of yeah. the bed. Like, I'm sure that one of king his ass cheeks. beds are a lot bigger than queens. Yeah. Like, the I difference is huge. The last two weeks sleeping in a king's been like really different. It's, and it's strange too. You can how, get a like, lot of distance from your mate in one of those. You realize in movies how, um, that's the best part of a king. They can have your distance. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you're sleeping in two different beds. It's yeah. great. Um, especially when you put that memory foam in the mix. I have memory foam where like you can't feel. You can't even feel them getting up. Yeah. Yeah. It's perfect. Um, but Wags takes up most of my bed. I only, I only, <laughs> only so allowed little. to sleep on one fifth of my bed. Um, and my body is always falling. I've fallen out of the bed a couple times because Wags hogs it your so much. Your tongue is like seven pounds. <laughs> I know, but he likes to sleep on the inside and I like to sleep near the nightstand so that I can put my waters up and down or whatever. And it's funny. So there we go. Um, I have back problems. You're such a dom. In a multi-thousand dollar bed. So it was the nicest thing I ever bought myself. So Me too. I got a Tempur-Pedic and I will fully recommend that. Every therapist who's worth their salt, especially if you're someone who deals with stress, anxiety, chaos or whatever, Mm -hmm. the first thing they tell you is that like when you're working on yourself, you need to also work on your bed. Like get good bed. Yes. Because that's your comfort place. Yeah. And like you need to be able to give yourself. A lot of people don't have much outside of their bed in terms of comfort anyway. So it's like they always say to invest money into your bed if you're doing self I got one of those Tempur-Pedics that has a remote control that lifts the head and the feet up. Yeah, I've always wanted that. Especially like with a back injury, it's like nothing's been better. Always wanted that. Um, Is it clunky? No. Well, no. It's not clunky, but it is hard to move. Like if I have to move now, it's really heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's great. So we're going to play basically one of our last clips, um, which is um, the news footage. And then we're going to hear Marshall and Sarah discussing all of this and wrapping it up on our drive back to the Slammer. Chicago police apprehended U.S. Marshal Top 15 fugitive Sarah Pender in a rented townhouse on the southwest side of the city. The tipster who wouldn't leave a name recognized the double murderer from an episode of America's Most Wanted, which aired earlier tonight. Pender will be transferred back to prison in Indiana in the morning. What was it like being the most wanted woman in America? Horrible. You can't ever relax. The key is moving forward. It's a waste of time looking back. You did something, you didn't do something. It doesn't really matter. 
What matters is what you do now. Today, tomorrow. You gotta have goals. A plan. You always gotta have a plan. Is that why you started dealing pot with Rick? Rick was small time. He hardly even broke even. Drew was screwing him over, so I... I got the idea that we should branch out. Took him out to Purdue. That was pretty much the last normal day of my life. I never hurt anyone. I'm a good person. What are you doing? You paint a pretty picture, Sarah. Sweet girl. Wrong place, wrong time. But a lot of those other people, they paint a much darker one. Extortion, coercion, manipulation. Murder. I'm not a murderer. Tell me the truth about that night. It's not going to change your situation. I really think I would have planned to kill them in my house with a shotgun I bought the day before. Maybe. Maybe you planned to make it look like Rick's idea all along. Who would the cops believe? A petty criminal? Or a pretty physics major? When it comes to survival, I think Sarah is capable of doing anything. That's a quote from your father. All I know is that you will say or do anything to get what you want. You know something, Marsha Harlan? You're a lot more handsome in person than you are on TV. I love that she turns on the flattery. It's work out a lot. But like, it's, all, it's just like, see how I do it. You know what I mean? Like, it's almost anything. It's like, do you want an She could have been hoping he, like, unzips his pants. We don't know. She's just, like, trying to get that last... Maybe. That's possible. Like, it's her last chance to change this around. That's possible. He's got the keys to her, like, cuffs. So she just got red. I mean, not red as much as I really wish that he had gone in on her. Um, Just because, I mean, this man has spent months allegedly working on this. I kind of wanted more, especially if he thinks she's, like, for lack of a better word, a lot of the traits they're, like, you know, giving her are kind of, like, sociopathic, um, essentially, to, like, crib a word from psychology that's not even a real actual diagnosis. She seems to have a a streak to her that... He might see, like, think that the dad is the only person that maybe matters to her. And so that's... He brings up, like, oh, your dad thinks poorly of you. Yeah. And, like, then she starts crying. Like, it did strike a chord in her. So I do, I do want to say that that is the only other time that we see her cry in this movie. So both times we've seen her cry composed Mm -hmm. or does she not feel because the only times that she cried are when she realizes in this car and it's a single tear Mm -hmm. that she is definitely going back to prison. Mm -hmm. And all of this is, you know, just (laughs) another just dramatic shitty situation that she's been in. Yeah. Um, and then she cried when she went into solitary, when she found out that she didn't get what she wanted with the appeal. Sure. And so, I mean, 
truthfully, just that is to me like, that's like, okay, this, I don't think there's really anything like to like being a boss. Like this is where like, I think you and I might like differ. I honestly, I don't, I don't think that that's a boss. Like, I think that that's like a really just sick, disgusting life that she has to live. Like that's not a, a mental path that I would wish on anyone, especially someone who is willing to be violent to get what they need. But if you were in jail and you were in prison and like, would like, it's not like I want to be like her in my everyday life. It's just like, if I were in her shoes, I may try to do the same thing because like, that's how I'm getting myself out of prison. I would think that I would hope that what would happen in prison is like, not even the getting out part of it, but like to, to name a real life prisoner whose story that I think a lot of people are familiar with is like the woman that Kim Kardashian, Alice Johnson, that she just got out of prison where it's like, know. she, she had a, like a, a drug dealing charge. She had a one time offense mm-hmm. and she wound up getting life in prison. How did Kim Kardashian get her out of and prison? And Kim Kardashian got her out of prison, but she used really? her time. Yeah. And she, cause huh. she got, um, the president, she got Trump to appeal or really? to, um, lift, yeah, to lift her sentence. I don't even know this story. And only the president can do that, especially hmm. for like a life sentence. And, um, Basically, like, she was nonviolent, like, in her initial crime, I believe. Maybe she was even violent, but she spent her entire time in prison, like, you know, basically, like, learning how to teach. Like, she learned, you know, she yeah. got some ministry skills underneath her belt. Like, basically, like, I would like to think that I would use the time Better to herself. do... Even if I wasn't getting out, just because I do really enjoy, like, knowledge. I enjoy sponging in knowledge. Like, unless I was being violently attacked every day, I don't think that I would oh. expect to get out. I'd be working the guards to get out as soon as possible. Really? I, For sure. I'd be trying to work the legal system. Absolutely. But I'm not... I don't have any faith in the legal system, but I have faith in sex, and it gets you what sure. you want a lot of the time. No, Especially God bless if, you. like, dudes are accepting it. They're stupid. Maybe it's, like the Catholicism in me that I just don't even go there. I'm like, well, why would I, how could I, how could I ever like, maybe I'll get a Coca-Cola out of them, you know, slip me a can of Coca-Cola. Yeah. Um, so Sarah Jo Pender, we see in the last uh, description card, she was returned to prison on December 23rd, 2008 and has been in solitary confinement ever since. Crazy. I was like, dude, that's really lonely. And it's like dark in there. I know. I w- yeah, I'd go nuts. So this was a pretty good movie, and I think because of that, a pretty tame conversation, and probably also pretty going to be a tame. This you were great. Um, Thanks. But this is like this was just a good movie. It was pretty it was. solid. It there was, was good. Very few like big wardrobe like malfunctions. Like a lot of the things that we look for, there wasn't a lot of the flip flops out of jail was the biggest one for me. Totally. I was like, how are you supposed to run from jail and flip flops? Like yeah. from Old Navy. They weren't even like reefs. They were like plastic that you'd get at the nail salon flip flops. Also, thank God she escaped in summer because I know, like, right? like that it tank top really cold not in Indiana. Gonna, um, so I need to know, you know how this works. You listen yes, to the show. I do. I'm I love that you're listener. like a true like lifetime movie lover. And so you, you listen to the podcast and know our scale. Finally, my accolades are coming in for loving lifetime. <laughs> So do you, as a listener to the show, because it's a new season, do you think that right now there's any tweaks that are major and need to be made to our scale? Like, is there something that's missing or that's something that you think can go? 
sometimes I feel like wigs and weaves can go, but then sometimes there's a movie where they're so bad and distracting that it's like an obvious category. Yeah. So. Now we just do hair and makeup as an overall. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. I okay. don't think so. Let's just go for it. Yeah. Cause this is, um, what's your favorite movie of all time? You know, I thought about it and I got to say the big Lebowski is my favorite movie. Great answer. Um, and I think one that's more people universally at home will be yeah. right there. I tried with to you. think of one on par with this movie and I, I, I don't know. It's not, I couldn't do it. You don't got to do it. Yeah. Lee Daniels, the butler. Um, oh, I also want to say Juno Temple. Um, I watched okay. my first Juno Temple movie this week and it was great. Afternoon Delay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm so, good. so glad you are finally enjoying the greatest actors of our generation. Center Square. Um, so acting. Yes. Um, and it was pretty good acting. I thought it was Actually, pretty good too. And I mean, a great supporting acting. I'd give it a four. The big No, gl- is it? It would be two. a two. The big glaring ones for me were, um, like the, the detective guy, the marshal. Didn't really love him. Um, believability of the world and characters. I mean, this is a true story. I thought this was really believable. Um, it's hard to believe because it's a really out there storyline of her, like, like the escape scene is really unbelievable, but it really happened. So, but you know, at the same time, I would say the environment in the prison seems a little bit like, there's just aspects of some of these human relationships that I'm like, that's a little bit. Yeah. Like the fact that the, the headmistress came and like greeted her not headmistress yeah. whatever her name is i'd give it like a three okay. like in the middle yeah i agree because like there were certain points uh creative use of words to avoid censorship you know this was a really well-written script and they, had any. they didn't do it so yeah. let's give it a one dialogue i mean overall i don't really have complaints about this dialogue no, other than good. some of the laziness around um the way that the marshal like in order in order to appear smart they had him basically tell people over and over again how to catch a liar. Yeah. Um, so for that reason, I want to give it like a three just because there were some things that really held down the pack. So also the, plus the, I love you like puppy unicorn shit. Like that was just so nauseating wardrobe. I thought it was good. Actually it was pretty, yeah. And it was pretty on point with like what they were wearing at the time too. Like, um, when the girls were dancing in their underwear and stuff, like that looks like it could be 2000, you know, or or whatever it was. Yet not so incredibly dated the way that some of these are. It wasn't like, you you can't really tell when it is like her jeans aren't too flared. Their hair doesn't really give it away. There's no like, I think for the Charlotte Russe dress and also the suit that you pointed out, I feel like this is a two. Yeah. Um, it's not that they, offensive. They did a really good job. Um, for hair and makeup, the only thing that I really felt was the the wig did start to get bad for me. The like, blonde. It looks great on her. Yeah. Especially for a wig. But eventually I was like, oh, I'm looking at a wig. Yeah. Um, for that, I want to give it like a two. Okay. You good on that? Mm-hmm. Music. Um, they did a great... Um, I didn't notice it. Ludicrous stand-up. Um, oh yeah, sound that's alike. what they were in in the when they're dancing in in the yard in the yard, totally. and then we open with like such a corny, <laughs> corny song, and then for the most part, it's not really noticeable. It's scoring. Um, 
For me, it's yeah. a three just because they had like multiple lyric songs, which you don't really get in these. Do you, do well, you... that, that one scene where they are dancing in the yard was just so weird to me. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's more than a two. I'd say three is good. And the sound alike of stand up was so. Um... Now that you say it, I do hear it. I wasn't sure what it was supposed to be. Yeah. yeah. Maybe Sammy will insert a little clip here. It's she pretty enjoys good. that. Um, then we have the crying. I mean, that tantrum she had in the, in the, in the shoe was really, I thought a great, I thought that was a four because it was bad crying. Yeah. And it was, be, and it was, it went from like zero, zero to, to 60. Yeah. This is this, this is this bitch. She really, she really kills it with her. When she goes big, she goes big. I'm giving it a four. Okay. I'm bypassing all laws. I'm just giving it a four. It's fine. Victimization of the female character. I mean, I mean, which character? The wife or the vegetarian? They're like all, I those mean, are the true victims, I think, in this in this film, and her dad. But but yeah, I don't know. I don't think she's there's a, victim. a victimization of all. And now I've started to all realize the girls it's are victim all to her. female. All the victims are always female, and every female is a victim in some capacity. Yeah, even when it's like that movie that we watch, Baby Monitor, Sound of Fear. It's like. You feel ter- like even though the wife like brought this hitman in to like basically almost like put her son like son in the hands of a murderer. Um, such a you weird movie. Still felt so you felt bad for her because she was being left out of this like. She's I don't getting feel left. bad for Sarah like not once. Oh, I no. don't feel bad for her at all. No, I don't either. No. And I and I have to but say, I feel I've bad for all the other that way. female characters. Let's give a three because I I. I agree with you. The vegetarian took a real bad hit. I think Jamie, I think Jamie is a little bit of a sap. Poor Jamie. I yeah. Know. She's just so dumb. Like she just doesn't she know any better. I think that's her problem. And she's a big heart. Yeah. You know? Um, failure and or refusal to jump to logical conclusion. That's a hard one because like everyone people had a lot of faith in her right so they just refute like her dad refused to believe it even though it was like pretty obvious but then also like she didn't i think she didn't actually shoot them so i think I for know. everyone showed a refusal to jump to the logical conclusion except for mimi Oh, yeah. Mimi was... She knew what's up. Because Mimi didn't know what was up, but, like, she didn't continue to Once give passes. Once it affected her, she did. Yeah. She saw those colors, and she's like, oh, I see now what Whereas, you are. like, multiple people... Most of the people in this needed to be burned by her a few times before... Yeah. And then, like... But usually she got rid of them before they could really say anything. Well, Mimi got burned. She got poisoned. She got burned, but she didn't... She didn't, she didn't get like thrown back in jail. Do you know what I mean? Because she refused to like play her game. She was like, no, sorry. She saw it. Um, do I want to give this like a four? She's like the whistleblower of the whole movie, honestly. She really is. She, well, she's the one that made him realize that like there are people she's interacted with that will cop to the fact that she is capable of the things she's done. I want to give this a four personally. Dropped plot lines. I mean, there's some kind of funny ones. Like, I want to know what happened to the boyfriend. How long did he go to jail for? I wanted. I would to have know. liked a blurb about him at the end, like a written text blurb. I wanted to know more about like Farrell, like her relation, like what happened with her work relationship. I needed to know what happened with Jamie and Bob. Like, did Jamie? Yeah, did they get divorced? Sentence? Yeah. Um, is Bob just like happy in his hot? Did tub? Bob go to jail? I want to know that too. Um, he should have. Oh no! He's definitely aiding and abetting a fugitive. Yeah, I, Bob. I, I, I. 
Mm. I would have liked so, a little blurb about a certain certain things. But as far as the the, the trajectory of her storyline, I actually don't think they dropped that many plot lines. No, let's give it let's give it a two because there's there's things that were definitely dropped. Like they could have wrapped it up a little better. Yeah. Um Okay, and then font. I took a note on her font uh, at the beginning, and it was like no nonsense, just Did no it frills, look like, like just normal. Yeah, was it one of the twelve they include in original word? Probably like it looked like Arial or something. Like it was just like that's a there one. Were no, oh no, sorry, that's a five. That's some lifetime title shit. Oh, oh making it. I mean, when it's when it looks like it came out of Final Cut, or do you think it's like more of a three, or do you think it's it just didn't. It didn't. Sometimes the fonts have like curly cues and they have like shading and they're bubble letters. And it's like, like I didn't know. Yeah, like for me, that's a five. Where like I didn't okay. notice this as much. Okay, let's give but, it a two. Yeah, I like. I I consider almost the lazy font to be as offensive. Oh, interesting. As the bubbly font. I wrote to the point, no frills about the font. Um, for crying, I gave it a four. So let's find out our total score in just a moment. This is season four, episode one. How fun to start the bar off. 31. Okay, 31 is good. 30 fun, honey. Okay, um, we that's a good score to start this season with. But this is a great movie, too, because it's starting off really strong. We've got an actual movie star in it. Mary Channing. We've got a couple actual movie I mean, stars. Yeah. True story. This hit a lot of marks for me. Um, I'm really happy about it. I you, watched it with like a straight male and he loved it. So you can watch it with people who don't like Lifetime, which is huge. Yes. That's always, I think, a good tip. Um, you guys, you can find Jenna and her info will be in the description of this episode. But also she's just at holler at me, right? Yeah, find her, me on Instagram. Holler at me. Mm-hmm. Um, Instagram's your preferred place. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. And then, um, you guys, I will see you next week. Check out that Patreon. Love y'all. Thanks so much. Thanks, Bye. Guys. Thank you so much for listening to season four of Mother May I Sleep with Podcast. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.